0: Hey, we recording. Check, one, two, three, check,
1: check, check. Cracking a beer, pouring it in a glass. It's time for another episode of A-Sides, and we're here to kick ass. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> all right, Andy and I are back. And we don't have any bubble gum? We ain't fucking around. This episode mm. is all about debut albums and Andy decided fuck 5 and fuck 10 we're doing a top 7 top 7 debut albums yeah cuz I'm weird so that's okay to be weird so yeah man this was uh i don't really i don't really remember how we even came up with this idea like i feel like it just was mentioned and then yeah i like casually and then i kept saying like hey that's a really good idea we need to do that
0: i think you were talking about guns and roses hmm yeah, because I think you were talking about Guns N' Roses, and then you're like, "We should rank those albums." And then I said, "Well, I might be the weird one that doesn't have appetite for destruction at number one." And you're like, "Yep, you, um, you're that guy." Oh
1: yeah, that is kind of. And then
0: odd. I was saying, yeah, like maybe we should just do debut albums then and talk about them. Hmm. That is. And how I think it you happened. came back like a week later, and we like, "That's a really good idea." Yeah, it is. Not to like pat
1: myself on the back, but... Yeah, no, it was a good idea, though, because it was something different and not like sticking to the theme of just one artist or, you know. Yeah. Man, that's really good beer. Oh, cool. Kind of sweet. So did it knock your dick in the dirt? (laughs) Well, it might at 10%. I guess we should tell the listeners, all three of them, what this is that we're drinking. Short Fuse Brewing Company... Blind Fury, flavored Imperial Stout with vanilla Oreos and marshmallow. Hmm. Andy showed up, and I noticed right away, hey, man, you've lost some weight. And By the time we're done drinking these beers, I think that you're packing it all back on. Yeah, all the Oreos. There's probably like says... 500 calories in this thing, man. That's crazy. It's really good. I don't know where is Short Fuse Brewing Company out of. Mm-hmm. Schiller Park, Shiller Illinois? Schiller Park, Illinois. Hmm. I don't know where that is, but I'm going to find yeah. out. I like their can.
0: Has yeah, that's why I bought it, because you're into horror movies and stuff, and I was like, well, shit, it's got werewolves on it, so I don't know. I just kind of picked it out for you. Well, thank you.
1: And I then... appreciate it. I do like werewolves. Man. We should do... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know it's the podcast is called A-Sides, so it's kind of music-specific, and it's always been music-specific. Can can we venture outside of that yeah. and come in with like a horror movie list, or does it have to be a separate songs from hor- uh, horror movies like like the Shocker soundtrack, Dream Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'd probably be some fun, some fun stuff. Or even what was that? Uh, the Trick or Treat. Yeah, Trick or Treat, maybe. Yeah, the fast way record. That that's the shit. So, well, hey, you know, before we get into this list. Is there uh there anything you've been listening to any new any new releases that knocked your dick in the dirt as much as I plan on this beer?
0: I really dig Dude. the um Ricky um Warwick, yeah it was yeah. a good interview well, thank you, yeah, and then Damon Johnson, so it was kind of cool those guys were in a band together, and then they have albums out on the same day yeah
1: yeah I don't did I listen to all of the Damon Johnson one. I can't remember if I actually finished it. I was listening to it at work. I know I made it, you know, through over half of it. I made it through the bulk of it. I definitely would say that I like the Ricky Warwick one better. I think that the Damon Johnson one, like, musically is the shit. Like, that band, like, throws down on it, you know? Yeah. But song-wise, I thought the Ricky Warwick one was actually probably his best. I really liked it. I, mean, I agree, yeah. And I felt like I was just kissing his ass when I was interviewing him the other day, you know, and yeah. was like telling him that. It's like I'm not. I hope he's not thinking I'm just some asshole that lays it on real thick and like cause, mm-hmm. yeah, like normally I'm not going to just tell you it's great just because. Um, I'm yeah, because I thought to back,
0: back to the Black Star writers when we talked about it on one of the first episodes, and you liked some of it, but you were kind of mixed on it. So you're yeah. like telling the truth that you're like this is probably your best thing.
1: No, I really so. did. I thought the ballads on there were fucking great. And really, the rockers are great. There's some really great up-tempo stuff on there. And, yeah. You know, some very Thin Lizzy, obvious Thin Lizzy-inspired stuff, and some Cheap Trick, some notes of Cheap Trick that I noticed throughout the record, like in a song here and there. And I was like, man, this is really fucking cool, man. Yeah. You know, and I think he even kind of admitted that he... Wears his influences on his sleeve, and I always like it and appreciate it when bands do that, you know, because it's like, I don't know, who are you kidding? Like (laughs) these bands obviously influenced you, so to sit there and act like this day and age when everybody's kind of just doing like if you're just doing straight up rock and roll, like I mean, you're not really reinventing the wheel. I don't fuck, I don't know any bands that really are right now, but. Maybe I'm just not listening to them because I just <laughs> want to listen to the old school rock and roll. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, actually, the the hold study had. Uh, I feel like I said that weird. The hold steady. I feel like I said it weird when I first said mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Uh, maybe this beer, maybe <laughs> maybe this beer's <laughs> already kicking in. No, I thought I ax- I thought I said hold study. the uh-huh. hold study. <laughs> I think I'm just paranoid because my wife was making fun of how I said something earlier. She was accusing me of saying height instead of height. And I'm like, I didn't fucking say that. And then I'm like, I don't know. The air's dry. My mouth is dry. (laughs) Maybe I have, maybe I developed a lisp or something. So she's always busting my balls though. And now she made me paranoid everything (laughs) coming out of my mouth. I'm like, fuck, did I say that weird? But anyhow, though, yeah, the new Hold Steady album, I really... I like it. I didn't... Like, the last one, I fucking loved, front to back. This one, I feel like it's going to have to maybe grow on me, but there were a few songs that were really, really badass, but... Hmm. um, I don't know. I I just listened to it once, and I was like, "Ah, I'm going to order it on vinyl, and then, you know, try to digest it that way, rather than just listening to the fuck out of it on my phone at work, and then the vinyl comes, and I'm not even that excited to listen mm. to it you know i'll have to check it out then yeah i don't really remember uh, if you what's it called <laughs> i'm totally drawn a oh. blank <laughs> i can't remember it was something kind of it was a really oddball cover and everything but um yeah i don't know i just have a terrible memory these days mm. i'm sorry that's no, all right you bought anything on vinyl recently any vinyl
0: uh I bought some stuff, like, that I pre-ordered, but I, it hasn't mm-hmm. come yet. Because, like, Black Sabbath has, like, what is it? Heaven and Hell and the Mob Rules coming out next yeah. month. So I got those from co-op. Then I ordered the uh, um, Damon Johnson's on vinyl, but I guess with delays and stuff, it's not coming till the spring. Hmm. And I bought Foo Fighters.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. My first listen on that, I didn't really know what to think i was like it's kind of weird like i don't know i don't think i like it and then i listened to it a second time and i was like actually i'm kind of digging this and then (laughs) the third time i was like fuck actually i think i really like this album and at first i was totally like kind of put off by it like ah, like i just felt like what the fuck are they doing like every song i would listen to the next song would pop up and i'm just like the fuck is this? And then the next one, it's like, what the fuck is this? I think it was so different that I just, you know, I don't know. Um, Jesus, I'm drawing a blank on the the album. Wasting Light. That one, yeah. to me, is like the fucking holy grail. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. my absolute favorite thing they've ever done. And so it's like I don't know if I'm just unfairly – comparing everything that they put out after that to it?
0: I think I kind of did too because I didn't really like what was it Sonic Highways was okay and then Concrete and Gold was okay and it kind of grew on me so I think I was those ones were after Wasting Light so I was kind of comparing it so I like that this one's just completely opposite so it kind of stands on its own
1: more yeah it's kind of got like a weird pop kind of thing that it's like they're trying to achieve and I think it was kind of a almost off-putting at a first listen yeah. at least for me but then it's like i i guess the second and third listen i kind of was like no i'm kind of getting it now you know what i mean like bad. yeah they're trying to do something different or maybe they weren't trying to do anything different i don't really know but it's definitely different yeah. but i don't feel like it's a bad thing
0: I feel like to me too. It's like that Green Day when we talked about a year ago where it's so short, it's like a half an hour where it's even hard to hate it cuz it's so short. It's like over yeah, before yeah. you know it.
1: Yeah, just a but I think great I think list. it's better
0: than that Green Day one, but I mean like yeah. it's kind of the
1: same category to me. Sometimes it's just weird when a band does something so different that like I don't you listen to it the first time and you don't know what to think. Yeah. You know, like I would compare it to listening to uh Extremes Waiting for the Punchline when that first came out like it was so yeah. different from their other records and I was like what the fuck is this? and then I loved it and now it's like my favorite album yeah. that Extreme has put out like I put it right up there with Pornography <laughs> which a lot of people yeah. like listening to this probably think I'm out of my fucking mind but I really love that album and like I really love Poison's na- Native Tongue you know and that was the same thing like mm. when that came out it was like the hell is this man where's point (laughs) like where's the you know party rock shit you know and if they put that album out now like I wouldn't even probably give it a chance but luckily they put it out when I was like in junior high and I really loved Poison and I really (laughs) wanted to like them so even though at first I was like disappointed because it didn't sound like flesh and blood and open up and say ah you know I think I just kind of force myself to listen to it and sometimes I think people don't do that anymore because music is like you know at our fingertips like we have this unlimited access to yeah. everything and so it's like if you don't like something right away you just kind of like push it aside and move on and then I don't know but that kind of you're probably shortchanging yourself from realizing that something's really fucking great just because you didn't get it the very first time you listen to it you know there's a lot like a lot of my favorite albums from bands were that way and like the guys in uh my band were over yesterday recording and me and john were talking about uh bon jovi and i was talking about how much i love the album these days and like i kind of remember that being like a commercial flop like people hated that this ain't a love song when it came out and stuff and People kind of dogged that record, and I love it. It's, like, still one of my favorite Bon Jovi albums, you know. I put it right up there with Slippery When Wet, you know, um, in New Jersey, you know.
0: Or even so, Motley Crue 94. That's kind of different, and it's something right. people, you either love it or you hate it, but, I mean, yeah, it's that's extremely at least different, different,
1: you know. yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And that actually was the same deal. I can remember. I would have been, like, 13. I think I was... I think I was in seventh grade, and I can still remember sitting on the edge of my bed watching this little TV. I remember I had just gotten this TV, you know, yeah. <laughs> and had MTV on it. It was in my room, a little 20-inch Sanyo, like a cheap little Walmart <laughs> purchase, you know. I don't know why I remember that. But anyhow, I remember watching the premiere of Hooligans Holiday on MTV, and I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I was pissed. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't like it because yeah. it wasn't same old situation. It wasn't Dr. Feelgood. It wasn't the Motley Crew that I was used to watching because that's like when I, you know, I didn't have MTV when I was younger than that, really. Like, we got cable. We only, when I was, in my childhood, like, we only had cable for those few years I was in junior high. Like, from the time I was, like, in sixth grade through eighth grade. So, like, that's when I developed all of my music taste. Because before that, it was, like, KZ93, if you remember that radio station. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I listened to, I'd always hear that when my mom would listen to it in the car. And then I, like, kind of learned everything else through MTV, like, in my formative years of becoming yeah. a music fan, I guess, you know? And so I can remember, like, Dr. Feelgood. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, like, albums... Were so big back in the late 80s that even in the early 90s they were still like the current music videos so like in the early 90s before like grunge came and really completely abolished all that shit they were still playing like all the videos from hysteria and dr feel good and those were like still all the like regular rotation yeah those albums had like a fucking crazy Shelf life, like as far as like playing videos on MTV and them being still like hits, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hysteria came out in, like 1987, and I think they just kept putting singles out off that record for fucking years. And so, yeah, you there's figure. like
0: six, like six singles, so like half the album.
1: Yeah, it's like a, and I'm telling you, hit. dude, like I remember it because I didn't even get MTV or VH1 or any of that shit until I, it was like early 90s and I'm seeing all this shit for the first time other than when I was like at other people's houses or something and I'd catch you know I remember seeing the same old situation video at someone else's house or whatever but I mean that shit was came out Dr. Feelgood came out in 89 and I think come 1991, 92 that shit was still being played (laughs) like it was the biggest fucking thing you know and you know like I said Hysteria was kind of the same way and so yeah I just I remember them premiering Hooligans Holiday on MTV and I'm just like what the fuck <laughs> but then it grew on me and I re- I ended up buying the single at the Musicland in the Northwoods Mall there and I bought like the little CD single cuz it was when I was first get got my CD player and everything my little boombox with a CD player and couldn't always afford <laughs> to buy the whole record, so it was like two ninety nine for the single, and I bought it, and... No, you know what? I'm a liar. It was the Misunderstood single, but it had like a remix of Hooligan's Holiday on the... On oh, right the, on. Yeah. It had that, and it had that unreleased track, Hypnotized, hmm. which was really badass. So I bought that first and was like super obsessed with it, like, fuck, this is really good, and then I finally bought the whole album, you know, but... And then I think that kind of goes back to, you know, talking about, like, not, you know, giving something a chance, enough of a chance because you didn't like it on the first listen. Well, when you're a kid, dude, and you buy a record, and it's like, how many allowances did it take you to save up for that CD?
2: Yeah.
1: Or it's like your birthday money or something from your fucking grandma or your aunt or something, and you go and spend it all on the CD. Well, you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a really big bummer if you don't like it right away, right? So you're going to oh, try sure. to fucking like yeah. it. Like you're going to listen to it more than just three times before you completely dismiss it and say, fuck it. I hate this album, you know, because it might be like three months before you save up any money to go buy the next thing.
0: Yeah. Cause I know I've done that not to keep going down this rabbit hole, but like you just remind me of something like I would buy something at co-op and be hyped for the album and listen to it. And I'm like, fuck, this sucks. And it, and there were a few times where I've I traded it back, and then years later down the road, I like bought it again. Because I'm right. like, oh, that actually was pretty good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I've done the same thing. Although not with Van Halen 3.
0: Wow.
1: Well. <laughs> I don't think anybody ever... Yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like that album gets brought up every once in a while. And especially after Eddie died, and people start talking about Van Halen again. And then people start bringing up Van Halen 3 again. And it's like, God, man, that album sucked. I don't care what anyone says. But then there's like those few people that still try to make excuses for it. Like, well, <laughs> it's like, no, well, <laughs> nothing, motherfucker. It's bad. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I like Gary Sharon, but he just wasn't a good fit for that band. For some reason, there wasn't the chemistry there and it just sounded yeah. off. So it's a bummer. I actually wanted to like it i really liked extreme and so i really wasn't a naysayer i wanted to like it when he joined the band (laughs) (sighs) it was just impossible so fuck that album well if we want to move on to our actual topic um hey
0: i have something though i wrote down actually a few days ago what i thought would be yours so Mm. i don't want to know your reaction but here's what i think yours are
1: at the very top. Let me see it again. I didn't. Oh, there was okay. one I didn't.
0: Those are what I think you oh. have. Right so don't tell me yes or no. I won't just say tell anything. me later.
1: I will say. Well, you'll find out. But yeah, I didn't really guess on yours. Um, uh-huh. I feel like you're going to. I guess have, you didn't have to, but I was You're going to probably give me some surprises, I imagine.
0: Probably not. You can probably pick mine. I you feel know, like. I'll be are, honest.
1: I feel like mine is pretty basic bitchish. Oh, really? <laughs> you know. Basic, basic bas- bastard. bastard. Yeah, you're yeah. right. No, I feel like mine's not really super unique. And I thought about it and I thought because I I basically grabbed my phone after we discussed this and set a date to do it and I just typed in the first seven that came to my head.
0: That's and, what I did. And too. then
1: after I thought about it more, I like added three i'm like sitting yeah. there tight and i'm like oh shit now i got a list of 10 but then i was like and then i started thinking about other ones and i thought you know what i'm not gonna do that because the first seven has have to be it like they're obviously my top seven if they came to me that effortlessly yeah. like they just came to me right away i didn't have to think about it it was like i literally pulled my phone out opened up my little memo thing and just started typing like i probably didn't yeah. even need to write them down but i knew that you know once I hit record you like how I turned and looked and made sure I actually was recording (laughs) before I said that I thought fuck I am recording right um but no I thought about it and it's just like these are obvious and they're obvious for a reason because they're like albums that I I either like legitimately grew up with or like maybe a couple of them came to me later okay in my young adult life but like because part of me wanted to be like, okay, I kind of want a couple newer ones in there, you know, like I want to get something. Like I'll, I'll mention this one as a, uh, as like an honorable mention, and it's kind of funny. I, I wanted it to be on the list because it would have probably, we would have had some good back and forth, which I guess we could now, going back yeah. to our whole band of fuck joke that. But Band of Skulls, that baby, darling, dollface, honey album. Oh, really? Album, <laughs> their debut album. Like, that album is so fucking good, and I was so in love with it when it came out that I almost wanted to make room for it on my list because I wanted something newer like that. And I wanted, yeah. you know, just to kind of give props to a newer band. And that's a band that, honestly, like everything since, I haven't been in love with. They're okay, but nothing has lived up to their debut album. Hmm. So, I guess I felt like mentioning, and that's kind of my honorable mention, I guess, because, you know, I just felt mm-hmm. like it was so badass, I really wanted it to be on my list. But then I thought, well, but it hasn't lived in my life, you know what I mean? Like, long enough yeah. to put it ahead of these other seven. So, since I did my honorable mention, I'll let you... I kind of did something first. like that, too, that maybe ties
0: into an honorable mention, because when you had said, yeah, let's do this, I was like, I, I came up with the ground rules for myself. I was like, I'm not going to count stuff um, like Bad Company, because I think that's like an amazing fucking awesome album. And it would be like probably number one or number two. But I was like, well, those guys weren't free. So I don't know if it's a debut album, because they're like a super group, right? Mm. Because it was like that Paul Rogers and the drummer, and I think somebody else were in Free. Yeah. So that doesn't really count, or Audio Slave kind of doesn't really count either, because those guys came from another band. Wow. And then another one I threw out was even Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. I was like, that was another one that came to mind, but I'm like, well, I haven't heard her other ones, but I know she was like a pop singer in Canada, and then she did the alternative right. stuff with Jagged Little Pill, so I'm like... Well, I can't really count that either because that's not a true debut album either. So I'm just throwing these away. And then, like you said, I was like, after I kind of threw those out of my head, then I was like, all right, what are debut albums? And I just wrote down seven, and that's what I stuck with. Yeah. And I never changed it, so.
1: Yeah, I didn't think even that much into it. Like, I didn't really set any rules, I guess. But there were some bands that I thought about where I was like, yeah. Or
0: even Badlands, too. I was like, that one could yeah. kind of count cuz they're a band but i was like well jakey lee was an ozzy and i think eric singer was in like black sabbath and he was like a hired gun That's so i was like yeah. i'm not going to count that one either cuz i want to stick with true I like debut albums that one Even
1: <laughs> like i almost <laughs> wanted to put that one on my list
0: yeah cuz it is
1: a good album oh, too but i'm like killer. all right yeah. i
0: want to stick with true okay these guys were bands and they started the- out yeah like true like kids or whatever
1: I only like, the only rule I I really kind of did with myself was I decided to stick with rock because I thought it was way too, it just was too much to cover and too much. Like, how do you compare, you know, like, fuck, I don't know. Just
0: across all genres. you mean? Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: like, how do you take like the first, uh, for some reason, this just popped in my head, but like the first Towns Van Zandt record or something, like, how do you take that and even compare it to like the first Pantera album? Yeah,
0: which that was another one I thought of because didn't they because Cowboys from
1: Hell wasn't really yeah the first one either that was one that I thought of too and really that wouldn't have been like my top that's not even close to my favorite Pantera album yeah but I guess just like my point is like I'm a fan of Towns Van Zant I'm a fan of Pantera but how the fuck do you actually put them on the same list yeah because then you're just one to another like you can't you know or like the you know. Flying Burrito Brothers album, like that first album's fucking awesome, and Mm. one of my favorite things that Graham Parsons has has ever done, but then like, you know, how am I going to compare that to Kill 'em All, you know what I mean, or like, killing is my business, you know, and so it was really weird, because there's even shit within my list where I'm like, well, how do I compare that to that, but then it's enough if it's just rock then I feel like it's it's okay you know but
0: oh the other you know, thing was too I didn't I don't know about you but I did not rank them I was just like, I didn't okay, yeah. what are ones that I wrote down so I literally even if,
1: did not rank them either yeah because
0: so. I'm like that's going to be too hard so I'm just like I'm just writing them down and sticking it because I know the Black Sabbath when I changed shit and even Megadeth I was like well maybe this one maybe this one I'm like I'm just going with my gut whatever just came out that's it
1: yeah Don't overthink it. I think that's the way to do it. I mean, I I don't know. You can't really...
0: Um, You go first, then. You start off. All
1: right. So my first one, I feel like, is kind of obvious, especially if you're sitting in my basement. There's maybe a couple that are obvious, like if you're friends Hmm. of mine and have hung out in my basement. Hmm. So the first one, and I'm kind of getting it out of the way first, just because, like we just said, like not even ranking them, but it's probably the most obvious, most radio out of my list. Hmm. Although I feel like some of them are. But the debut Boston album. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, right I mean, over there. Yeah, I, didn't... I know, right? I own yeah. like three copies of this cocksucker on vinyl, and I don't even know why. But one of them is that really cool yeah. picture disc that a guy at work gave to me. He's like, oh, I know you're a fan, and I came across this from my old vinyl collection. You want it? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's really cool. Like, it's a really yeah. weird picture disc from back in the day. It's not even like a new reissue. It's yeah, it's has been sitting in the dude's closet for 20, 30 years. Geez, probably 40 at this yeah. point, because that record's old as fuck. I'm 40, and it's older than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> But um, yeah, man, I you know... I grew up on this album. I mean, my dad, I think that both copies that I own were both hit. Like, for some reason, he had two copies on vinyl, (laughs) and so I've had it. It's like one of my, one of the earliest albums I acquired on vinyl because I, hmm, basically when I first started buying vinyl and getting serious about it, which was at this point pretty much almost probably 20 years ago because it was back... Um, I think I bought my first, like, record player as an adult, starting to build, like, a stereo and stuff back before, you know, Courtney and I even got together, so, and we've been together, fuck, I think it's gonna be 16 years. Damn, this man. April? Yeah, because it'll be our eight-year wedding anniversary, and we've been, to- we were together eight years before we got married, so...
0: Yeah, because yeah, I've known you for quite a while and you uh, guys were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, fuck. Yeah, time that, flies. I've had that stereo set up sitting over there since just a few years after we, yeah. you know, started dating. But anyhow, so yeah, I mean, probably like 20 years ago when I started getting into vinyl and stuff, I mean, one of the first things I did was obviously went to my parents' house and, yeah, you know, went through snuffing. and found what my dad still had because he didn't have much, but he still kind of had the the few essentials that i remember growing up on and you know two of them being two of the most important albums to me one being bruce springsteen's born to run which i still hold up as you know one of the greatest that along with damn the torpedoes i would say are just two of you know my favorite albums of all time and uh and then the the debut Boston album, and, you know, my dad, I just always remember him kind of being like, yeah, that fucking album was so good. Like, there wasn't a bad song on it, you know? Which, there's a lot of albums like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, can't really argue with it, because almost the entire, it's a short album, it's only like eight songs, so it's not really a very long album, but almost the whole fucking thing's on the radio. Yeah, exactly. I mean... (laughs) You know, more than a feeling is still, like, in regular rotation and where people might say, well, I'm tired of hearing that song because it's so overplayed. Like, yeah, it's overplayed. I don't listen to the radio a lot, so I don't get burned out as much on certain things as I guess some people do, but I still enjoy hearing that song. Like, mm-hmm. if it's the right day and it just comes on and or if I drop the needle on the fucking record and just crank yeah. it up, and just hearing the swell of that guitar and everything, because there's so many fucking parts in that, you know? It's such a layered record, and it's such a hmm. epic masterpiece when it comes to, like, just sonically being something really huge, something special. It recorded, fuck, how many years ago? I mean, that was 1976, right? I should yeah, know this. I was think it so. 70s? Yeah, because I think... Uh, well, I don't do know this. Don't look back with 78, I'm pretty sure, so I'm pretty sure it was 76, yeah. but... Yeah.
0: Um, Jim Glass, he's probably going to pump his fist at the Boston one because I um, I got uh, free tickets for Boston a couple years ago in Bloomington and I asked Jim Glass if he wanted to go. And he goes, that record, I think, I don't know what year he would have been in high school, but he said when it came out he listened to it like every day before school for the entire school year. I mean, it was – so I think for me, like I'm the opposite of what you were saying. Like I hear those songs, and I'm like, God, I hear them at work. Now I hear them in my car. I don't really want to hear this. Well, um, album, but what's funny
1: to me is that like so none some of, of their that other significance albums... is lost
0: on me. Where yeah, all the whole album is like basically a hit. Yeah,
1: I mean none of their other albums are that exciting to me. I own Don't Look Back and Third Stage, and I actually I don't think I have any of the others. Although they put out that one. In the '90s was like their comeback album. I can't remember. Break on through. Is that what it was called? I think so. Something like that. That was actually really cool. Uh, Jim,
0: uh, text me. Because
1: <laughs> you'll, know. <laughs> you'll know. Well, this ain't live, <laughs> so it ain't I know. Over. I'm just being silly. But yeah, I mean, you know, that really smoking's like such a yeah badass song. Like, and there are so um, the guitar licks yeah. in it. Just are always like so fucking cool. Like when I listen to it, I'm like.
0: Isn't yeah. it like that guy just almost like peaked? That, Tom Scholz just peaked early with that album, and then it was like, like how do you do that? huge like gaps do, yeah. between everything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Don't Look Back was pretty quick, and then I mean, Third, stage I, with think, that that third the... stage I think came out. That's Third Stage. I think that came out in 1981. I don't even know. I'm so I can't yeah. even remember my fucking family members' birthdays and shit. And somehow, sadly, I'm better at remembering album dates, but.
0: Yeah, cause I could tell you every year every Kiss
1: album came out, but I can't really. I don't know important <laughs> shit, but I know like <laughs> I barely Kiss remember shit. my kids' birthdays. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much good shit. Rock and roll band, Hitch and Ride. Yeah. Uh, you know.
0: Which one was Four Play Long Time? Was that on the first one mm-hmm. too? Yeah, so see, like everything's
1: like. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, just one after on, another. You put it on, and you don't have to do anything but just fucking enjoy it. Yeah. You, know? you don't you don't get a chance to go take a piss because, well, this song's kind of a turd. So, and obviously, if you have it on CD or you're listening to it digitally, you can just skip the shit, but I'm talking like putting an actual record on, dropping yeah. the needle, and, you know. I don't really pick the needle up and skip songs very often. That's very... Seldom I do that, even if there's songs I kind of want to skip.
0: I didn't think you should. I just don't touch it. I put it down. Yeah, that's kind. That's how let I am, oh, yeah. and I
1: don't like every. If there's an album where there's a song I really, really hate, you know, which really isn't too often, I'm not going to usually buy it on vinyl if that's the case. Yeah. But every once in a while, there might be an album I love, you know, that just has like there's a couple Priest songs, you know that is like, yeah, I got it. Like, United, I never, ever want to hear that again. (laughs) It's one of the worst things ever, yeah. So it's like, that one I might actually, either I'm going to go take the longest piss of my life and get another beer in the process and whatever, or I'm going to have to just pick the needle up and skip it along, because I can't fucking tolerate hearing it. But, I mean, I I can't imagine anybody having that opinion about any song on the debut Mm -hmm. Boston album, so... Mm-hmm. There's my two cents. And if you don't like the Boston self-titled record, then fuck you. <laughs> so Andy, let's talk about your first pick.
0: So I feel like a lot of mine that I have are kind of in the same uh category
1: where we're just picking basic bastard stuff. No. <laughs> Is that what um you mean? it's
0: <laughs> It's stuff where you have an attachment to it, right? This Boston album was your dad's album, so you kind of grew up hearing it. Whereas with me, a lot of these classic rock bands were before my time. When I was getting into music, it was a little after you. So I had Metallica, like Load and Reload, Smashing Pumpkins, like Melancholy Infinite Sadness in like the mid-'90s and on. So anything I've discovered before then, I've kind of went back. And so... Um, these first couple ones that I have, when I actually looked at what the debut album was, I was like, "Holy fuck! These are almost like greatest hits albums." Like the Boston thing, that could be like a greatest hits right there. Oh yeah. So my first one um, is Leonard Skinner's, pronounced Leonard Skinner, and I was never a fan of these guys. Whenever I'd hear them at work, like at Glo, I'm, I'm like, not
1: gonna lie, I can't even fucking believe you that that that's really? your pick. I don't mean that in a bad way. See, because it, that's I, not really my taste. I just mean like I never in a million years would have seen that coming. <laughs> no, like well, you well, actually just fucking shocked the shit out oh, of me. Oh,
0: shit. Well, here's why. Um,
1: oh, so I knocked your dick in the you dirt. You knocked my dick in the <laughs> uh, dirt. Oh, yeah. This beer ain't doing shit, but that just knocked my dick in the dirt.
0: Well, have you seen that movie Kingsman?
1: Yes. That,
0: there was a fight scene in that church, and it was set to Freebird, and I was like, oh, yeah, holy yeah. shit, that was fucking awesome, that whole fight scene. So after that, I was like, you know, like like that song's become a cliche. We're at a Everybody's like, free yeah. bird, you know? You know what, though?
1: I like that but song. But then,
0: like it's the movie song. and the song, I was like, all right. The next time I was at Bob's uh, store out in uh, a can at Shandy's, I was like, I'm going to get some Skinner or something. And I think I got second helping first. And that's when I went later and got the first one i was like holy shit this has like all of those like radio hits you know it's got free bird doesn't have like Tuesdays gone it's yeah. got like fucking all those songs on it And i was like i was just kind of blown away i was like this actually is a really good album whereas i never gave these guys a chance i even saw him in concert one time too and i was going uh to see zz top and leonard skinner opened up and i was like oh well, fuck i don't want to see leonard skinner but i want to see zz top yeah so I never gave him a chance until that Kingsman movie. Huh. So.
1: It's really funny. Go. I mean, <clears throat> I don't really, I've never been a big Skinnerd fan, and I know some people that yeah. hate them, because like you said, they're almost like a cliche in a way, especially Freebird. Yeah. But I mean, I've always enjoyed Freebird. I still enjoy it when I hear it, and, and I still, every time I hear the whole guitar solo, all that back and forth through the whole fucking outro and I'm just like, every time I'm like, that is just really fucking good guitar playing, like really tasteful, just great fucking solos, you know? And I'm always, I don't sit and listen to them a lot. I don't hear that song a lot, believe it or not. And so I'm always kind of impressed by it. And every once in a while, I'm like, why don't I give these guys more of a chance and listen to them more? But they have stuff I've always dug, like Tuesday's Gone. Yeah.
0: Give me back my bullets. I I was actually like walking
1: through the shop the other day at work and somebody had their fucking radio blaring and tuesday's gone was on and i kind of stopped and i was like man i almost forgot how much i really fucking like this song like that's a great song you yeah. know and i always that was the first leonard Skinner song that i got into like where i heard it and was like oh son of a bitch that's really good that's a great song you know and i think it was like on like the dazed and confused soundtrack or something. Yeah, because I think I
0: heard it on there, and then like Metallica covered it on
1: um, Garage Inc. Yeah, I didn't and like so, their cover of it. I'm uh, not yeah. gonna lie, but it might have been because you know what, like, like we're younger. Like I'm only forty. That's fucking old, and it's weird to say I'm only forty. But like in the grand spectrum of how long some of these records that we're fans of have been around, like that we're yeah, they're I'm, before I'm our young, time. And, so. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't hear, you got to figure, like, Dazed and Confused come came out, and I was, in, like, 7th or 8th grade. So, this is, like, 95, 94, 95, I don't know. And that movie comes out. I remember renting it just because I heard about it. I never yeah. smoked pot a day in my life <laughs> at this point, but I thought it was funnier than hell. And it was a yeah. stoner movie that I thought my parents were going to punch me in the face if they walked in while I was watching it and saw the kind of crude shit I was watching. But anyhow, the soundtrack was really badass. And that was kind of, I think, even though some of that stuff I had heard like on my dad's radio, driving around in the car or whatever, like some of that stuff, it was kind of my first introduction to it. And I, I know Tuesday's Gone. That was probably the first time I heard that song. And I'd always heard of Leonard Skynyrd. And I think I only knew like Free Bird and Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Even though Tuesday is gone was a huge hit, but at that time I hadn't really gotten into it yet. But yeah, I'm not knocking that at all. I just (laughs) you fucking shocked the shit. It's like you pulled that one just that was out of left. Yeah, like that was the first one I wrote
0: down too. I'm like shit, it kinda is the greatest hits. I think what Gimme Three Steps is on there. Yeah. Too it's like
1: I actually hate that song. That's the one Leonard Skinner song where it's like I really never, ever, ever want to hear Give Me Three Steps again. Like I don't mm. even mind Sweet Home Alabama. I can yeah. live with that if it comes on. I'm kind of like, yeah. I like the lyrics. There's some clever lyrics in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. And uh
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a good pick.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's a good album. It's like. got me intrigued to where I want to go mm. and uh
0: well, the rest go of mine, with. I don't know. I thought you could kind of pick them out. So.
1: I had a couple feelings, but that was about it. Like I don't feel oh, like okay. I have like seven in my head that I think you're going to pick. What did you think, like
0: Breaking Benjamin's first album or
1: like Shine Down or something? No. <laughs> nothing like that. I wouldn't have agreed to do this episode if I thought that mm. either of those were a possibility.
0: Well, hopefully I surprise you more, but you're up next, dude. All right. So, so,
1: so my number six, I'll call it. We'll count it down even though we're not really ranking them. Yeah. Uh, number one record by Big Star. So, I knew you were going to have
0: that, because I think you posted it on Instagram. Yeah, I know. So it was my was teaser. Like, it was my yeah, teaser. So, so it was after I wrote those <laughs> down, too. And I was like, well, um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a
1: coincidence. And that's one that I did, you know. Look, I didn't get into these guys when I was in fucking junior high, like most of my other picks. But I got into um, you know, early 20s, got introduced to them. Being a Cheap Trick fan and stuff, there's obvious connections. I mean, like Cheap Trick covered uh, in the streets for the that 70s show. Yeah. Theme song thing. And so I think, I'm trying to remember when that show came out. I can't really remember, but... It was I, like, I, what, I think, 98
0: or 99 or something? Yeah, so... It I, was like when
1: I was in junior high, I think. Okay. So I, like did start get, in high school. I did get into them, I guess, after that. Yeah, I did. Because then I, re- I do remember that when I heard this album... I was like, oh, fuck, that's where Cheap Trick got it. In fact, I think, you know what? I think I saw Cheap Trick open for Aerosmith, and it would have been the Honkin' on Bobo tour. Cheap Trick was touring Special One. It was like 2000, 2001. Oh, was it 2003? It might have been. I have no fucking idea. Oh, I think.
0: Because I think I know the Special One
1: came out then. Yeah, it does sound right now that you say that. But yeah, so I remember them. I remember Cheap Trick playing that song live and uh i kind of like i kind of watched that 70s show but i wasn't hooked on it or anything Mm -hmm. so it's kind of one of those where i was like "Ah, i almost forgot they fucking did this you know and then it was only like maybe a year or two later that i got introduced to big star and Mm -hmm. was kind of told like oh hey you gotta fucking buy these man these are some of the best like power pop Song, like great songwriting blended with power pop and rock and roll and blah 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 and if you like Cheap Trick you'll like this and yeah well okay You're speaking my language so I buy it and then I'm kind of like oh shit and then in the streets and it's like oh fuck okay so these guys influenced Cheap Trick and I love Cheap Trick so it only makes sense for me to dive into this and take this shit seriously you know and now I mean Ballad of El Goodo Still, like, such a weird title, but it's such a great fucking song. You know, um, Don't Lie to Me is such a great, like, hooky rocker. 13, one of my favorite ballads ever. Like, I always probably do, like, a piss-poor job covering it, but it's, for years now, been, like, anytime I sign on to do some, you know, acoustic night of pulling two, three hours worth of covers out of my ass or whatever, you know, it's always one that I I do just because I love the song so much and yeah. it's easy to do shit that you love, you know um, I'm not sure if people listening find it easy to digest my version of it, but um, but yeah, man, it's such a great album and I guess maybe it kind of breaks the rules in the sense that you know Alex Chilton kind of had a career prior to that. Yeah, cuz I was
0: just going to say in that cuz that tops. blew my mind with but, that. Him, yeah. He was like
1: what a teenager? Yeah, but I mean, and then This isn't really a supergroup and yeah. he was a teenager in that band, so it's like Yeah. I don't know. This is a fresh band with a debut album. So, hey, I don't feel Hey, like... it's your
0: list. You didn't put the restrictions in <laughs> I, know. I did. I put
1: I know. I didn't even in. think about it until you said that and then that's when yeah. I started thinking like, oh fuck, but but I, you know, in the documentary, the Big Star documentary is so great too. It makes you realize because I I think that even before I saw that documentary, I always just thought like Alex Chilton being like this. I don't know, you know, a star at like 15 years old or whatever, yeah. like it was In the box tops, because kind of like they say in that documentary, he was like fourteen or fifteen when he cut that track, the letter, and then yeah, because you hear that and you think it's some older guy with this gruff voice. I was like, holy fuck, that's crazy. And so you think that it's like, okay, this kid's almost like some kind of fucking rock and roll prodigy, and that's (laughs) the whole reason like this band's so great. But then you watch the documentary and you're like, oh shit, you know, like Chris Bell was really the mastermind as far as you know this record and there's a reason why this album sounds distinctly different from the others and obviously like you know the third one just was kind of an Alex Chilton solo thing really he got more artsy fartsy and stuff and I actually like really didn't like that album until there was a record store day release where they put out the original like demo versions of. Oh, I can't okay. remember what it's called now. I got it sitting up. In fact, you can see it from here. It's like a box.
0: Well, I can't. expensive
1: as fuck, man. It was just like a box and it was one record. They called it a box set and I think I paid like 40 or 50 bucks for it and it was still just one record. And that was really like before, that was a while ago. So that was hmm. kind of before it was standard that they were doing all these reissues that were $30, $40, but... But um, I'm not sure where the fuck I would It would have been eighty dollars <laughs> that younger than yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I mean um, God. <laughs> another jab. We'll just keep jabbing at that guy, fuck him. Um no, but the other thing I was gonna say was as far as Chris Bell goes, after watching that documentary they they reissued and re released his I Am the Cosmos album on vinyl. And I bought that. I came across it at uh I think the co-op down the road here when it used to actually sell records because that one is now like a fucking head shop or something. I don't know. They sell vapes or something. They don't even sell. So mad props to the co-op records in Pekin because they still sell music, you know, like a fucking record store should. But
0: anyhow, um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) although, hey, in their defense, right? Like it's just called the co-op shop. They at least don't call it a record store anymore. But I think that that's actually where I picked it up. Like I walked in there one day And he had it like behind the counter sitting there. And I'm like, hey, what is that? Is that on hold for somebody? Oh, no, it's just sitting back here. Because they sometimes keep like the more expensive reissues and shit that they'd get in back behind the counter. And it was kind of pricey, like 40, 50 Mm -hmm. bucks or something. And so I was like, I'm buying it. So, and then I got it home and listened to it and was like, fuck, dude. Like, he really was the sound. Like, he was like the glue that made that record what it is, you know, and it was just such, I don't know, I had like a whole new, like I already loved the record, then you watch the documentary, then you buy the fucking Chris Bell solo record, and then you have like this whole other appreciation for it, and it was almost like it added a whole extra dimension of depth to an already really great album, because it's such a pop record, and there's such great fucking hooks, but then there's a lot of depth to it, lyrically, Mm -hmm. and you know, so... I don't need to probably ramble on about this anymore. Otherwise, I could probably have like a two-hour episode of me talking about how much I love this album. But yeah, if you like good pop songs with great song arrangements and great lyrics, I mean, you just would have to be fucking stupid to not listen to it. So without further ado, Andy, let's talk about your number six. So far, I'm wrong, I think, on all the ones that I put
0: for... Um, Your picks, but my number one, it's going to be one that's kind of basic bitchy, but it's the first Van Halen record.
1: I knew that one was going to be on your list.
0: Yeah, because it was like, well, Whoa, it's okay. okay, see, it's going back to how you I was saying argue. I'm younger because see, when I was getting into music too, Van Halen had Sammy Hagar in it, right. well, I mean, so I had to go backwards, you're... and then hearing this album was just like, holy fuck. Dude, they got, like, Janie's crying on there, running with the devil. And then even not just that, you've still got Ice Cream Man, like a little dreamer and stuff. You, It was just, like, right out of the Atomic gate. Atomic Punk was on. Yeah. That. I mean, that's.
1: So it's the same that. as
0: Leonard Skinner. Like, And I think more bands that I'm going to have right out of the gate, these guys had, like, a fully formed, like, sound. Boom, they had their sound, like, right there in their debut album, whereas, like, other bands that I like. They might have figured out their sound like on their second or third albums, but of Skinner and Van Halen, it's like, boom, those first albums are like, like, you
1: can sum up the bands with that album pretty much. There's no arguing with that album. Yeah. I mean, I trust me, I considered it. I just feel like I couldn't rank that above my others, you know, yeah. for me. But... That is very, very fucking unarguable. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen like reinvented the the wheel as far as guitar playing goes. When he came out, I mean, there's no one. It's so crazy when you hear other big name artists, like especially from like rock and roll, like you know, like a lot of other '80s rock bands and stuff, and guitar players, especially. You'll hear like an interview with them. And they all recount the day that they got home with Van Halen 1 on vinyl and dropped the fucking needle on it and just shit themselves <laughs> <laughs> with excitement, you know, like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, eruption. And I I think that as much as I love that album, I think that I can't truly appreciate it for what it is because I didn't live at that time. Yeah. Like, I'm not discounting you for putting that on your oh, list yeah. because, like I said, like, it was almost on my list. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think anyone from our generation truly understands, like, how fucking mind-blowing that was when that came out and how special it was.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's an, that's not even my favorite Van Halen album either. My favorite uh, one would be 1984. You know, I don't know, because just because, like, Jump... It's so ingrained in my
1: head. And that was probably the first one I heard.
0: Yeah, like, I think, yeah, like, I think Jump was probably the first one. And then Hot for Teacher, because those, how you were talking about videos on MTV, like, I saw those videos, you know, at some point in my early um, youth. But it was like, it didn't really register who they were. And then going back, I'm like, God damn, these guys were just, like,
1: fucking on top of the world. And then they had a song. I was gonna say, yeah, uh, nope, no (laughs) pun intended. Yeah, really. I can remember, I can remember the first time that, like, maybe not the first time I heard Van Halen because I think I heard like Jump on the radio and stuff, but I can remember the first time hearing an actual Van Halen album, which was 1984, and I was in Boy Scouts, (laughs) and one of the kids' dads had picked me and the other kid up from like a camp out or something and drove us home. And it was a long drive home because we were camping out, whatever, out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't know. And, um, (laughs) and just to get the story straight, I know there's been a lot of allegations recently, but I did not have a scout master that touched me anywhere inappropriate. So I was a boy scout too. And I was not molested. So I just want to put that out there. Um, (laughs) But anyhow, I don't know why I felt like bringing that up. Probably because I wake up in the middle of the night all the time and Courtney leaves the TV on, and I always wake up to that fucking infomercial, and it's like, you know, if you were in Boy Scouts and you were touched inappropriately by your scout leader or he showed you his penis, please call this number. And,
2: (laughs) you know, there's
1: a class action lawsuit. I've gotten emails about it and everything, too. And uh, so I... (laughs) It's just so weird, but I'm like, no, I didn't ever have that inappropriate relationship with my scout leader, so thank God, dude. We were
0: just making fires and tying knots. That's all. I know nobody touched my
1: penis. (laughs) God, should I feel insulted? Somebody touching that kid's penis? What was wrong with me? Why didn't anyone want to molest me? What the fuck? (laughs) Terrible, terrible. Sorry, I have a very fucked up sense of humor, but
0: um, (laughs) where were you going with this? I don't don't know. Oh yeah,
1: so we were driving home. (laughs) <laughs> kid's dad was driving us home. He didn't try to molest me either. But he had Van Halen 1984 on cassette in his car, and he popped it in, and we're listening to it. And I don't remember everything about it, but the one moment I remember it was fucking hot for teacher because I had never heard it. We didn't have MTV at the time. Yeah. This was when I was younger. This was like grade school, pre-junior high. And so I didn't have MTV. I hadn't seen these music videos. And just that fucking double kick on the drums (laughs) and the you know the finger tapping on the guitar and it was like that fucking song just takes off and goes and like now that's one song where I probably don't give too much of a fuck to ever hear it again
0: yeah because it's so like hammered in through like I
1: don't
0: know I think for me it was like radio station stuff or it's just those are the songs that are like always on the radio
1: but my mind was blown I remember that I mean this was like fucking Fucking like 92? 32 years ago, probably. You know what I'm like I'm talking like I was probably not much. I was probably like Dahlia's age or maybe a little younger. Yeah. So, yeah, you're talking 30 years ago or so. And I mean, I just remember really being like, what the fuck is this, you know? And this was when I really was first starting to pay attention to music and stuff before I really got into it. And I just thought, fuck, this is insane. That's really cool. Like, I want to hear more of that, you know. And then I didn't because I think my dad had moved on to John Denver by that point. So (laughs) (laughs) we weren't listening to anything very cool in my house. But um, but yeah, it was almost like, God, your dad's fucking cool. What the? He was listening to that. So it was really cool. So I mean, Hmm. I guess that's the closest thing I have with Van Halen that would be like the equivalent to being like that teenager that. Dropped the needle on Van Halen one for the very first time when it fucking debuted, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I feel like our generation was kind of shortchanged on that because Van Halen was just always in the background for us, right? Like it was always part of radio. Yeah. You know, so we didn't get that experience. Or
0: they were the old guys, too, because it was like Nirvana, Allison Chains, Pearl Jam were like the hot things, too. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. I mean, I can remember those bands. Or even like you're in. saying, Motley Crue. Yeah, it was like all these bands were the new hot things. Right. So Van Halen kind of had to like adapt to the times of then or whatever, too. But, uh, but so what's Absolutely. your what next, one, what's next one, man? My next
1: one. I'm going to throw this one in there because this is probably my most predictable because I think you had it written down.
2: Okay.
1: And, but I mean, who the fuck can even deny this? And that's Appetite for Destruction. Like who the fuck can even like, it's just, it really is like the Holy Grail of hard rock records from that era. You know what I mean? Like, every great band from that era that had a great debut album is always going to be compared to that fucking record. Oh, for sure. And be like, yeah, but it was no appetite for destruction. Bullet Boys' debut album, great album, but was it really any appetite for destruction? It didn't set the world on fire. The LA Guns' debut album, great fucking record, right? And sorry, Tracy, because this probably would hurt your feelings. Although he has to fucking know, even though he's part of the band. And, you know, but I'm saying like the L.A. Guns debut album was great, but fuck, it was no appetite for destruction. I mean, this is an album that I still, when I put it on and really listen to it, because I've heard it so many fucking times that like I don't really maybe play it all the time. But when I do listen to it, it's usually, like, I'll make an an event, sit down in front of the turntable and actually put the record on, drop the needle, crack a beer, crank it up, because I don't want to listen to it at some fucking pussy-ass little radio volume, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm going to hear Sweet Child of Mine at, like, a regular lame-ass you know, level, like at work. Some guy's got the radio on, 95.5, Sweet Child of Mine comes on. It's like, yeah, okay, I've heard it a million times, and maybe I'm kind of tired of that song. But you know what? You put the album on and listen to it front to back, and you turn it up and just really fucking crank that thing. And, like, even Sweet Child of Mine is still the shit. (laughs) You know, like, that's still some of the best fucking guitar playing because it's so melodic. And it's great. It's like great guitar playing, great chops. But every, like you could sit here right now, even you, I know you're tone deaf and so am I for the most part, but you could sit here and sing the fucking guitar solos. You know what I mean? Like if we were to start like at the beginning of the song, I could just start humming it. Yeah. And then when it comes to the guitar solo, you'd be like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Can't I mean I'm you know, look, this beer's kicking in and I'm not gonna lie, I had two bloody Marys before we started this thing, so (laughs) I'm already getting a buzz. I know that was the most tone deaf, like people will listen to this and go, that was not the fucking guitar solo for Sweet Child of Mine, you idiot. And you play guitar, how fucking tone deaf are you? Well
0: right now we go now. (laughs) Right now I'm
1: plenty fucking tone deaf, but I'm just telling you, like, that whole record is that way too, like, I mean, I, I can remember like out to get me hearing that song the first time. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like these guys, they're out to get me. They want to fuck me. They want to <laughs> rape me. I'm fucking innocent so you can suck me. Like who the fuck puts that on a record? And then who the fuck has one of the biggest records of all time saying that? Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. People forget how vulgar that shit was when it came out. You know what I mean? Like, people forget how, like, the original concept art for the record and everything. And it ended up being, like, inside the CD, like, when I got the CD. Because I didn't originally have it on vinyl. I do now. And I picked up, like, a reissue that had the original album art on it and had to buy it. And, uh, you know, that was, like, pretty controversial for its time. Like, that was a really... They were an edgy fucking band. And when they came out, like, now it's like classic rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's oldies. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's almost like soccer mom stuff. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, yeah. it wasn't at all. It was like, these guys were legitimately, they weren't just like the quote unquote bad boys. Like, they were fucking legitimately the bad boys. Like, Axl Rose was in trouble yeah. all the fucking time. They were all in trouble all the time. They all had fucking drug problems, drinking you know, problems, trash violence, violence problems. Room, I mean, mean, yeah. Or, like, or, yeah. I mean, they just were fucking possibly train wreck human of a human being, but we're you know that's what makes great rock and roll. Like I hate to say it, but some of the worst people made some of the best fucking albums, <laughs> and this <laughs> is one of them. You know, Night Train. Mm-hmm. I can always remember like listening to that and thinking like, oh man, I want some Night Train, and then turns out it's like shitty like line. <laughs> it's like the really like this cheap ass terrible wine that just gives you a terrible drunk. I've never had it, but I've just heard like the horror stories from people, you know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, must have been before my time, like by the time I was drinking, you couldn't find it around here anymore, I guess. But, you know, I can remember uh Welcome to the Jungle being like such a punch in the face of a song the first time I heard it. And I remember it was on the Deadpool, if you remember that, Clint Eastwood the Dirty Harry movie, the last oh, Dirty yeah. Harry movie. <clears throat> that was like I think maybe – I don't think that was the first time I heard it. I, think I just
0: watched that recently because, like, I think Jim Carrey was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, like, the
1: rocker guy or yeah. whatever that – yeah. But um, he was, like, in a band or something. I haven't seen that in years. But I remember the scene with him, like, singing it or something. Yeah. Yeah. But no, man. I mean, my Michelle – I remember that just being dude. Like, or even Rocket Queen, you haven't mentioned. Rock, that I was either. gonna say Rocket Queen, like one of the best closers. Like if yeah. we were gonna have an episode of album closers, I'm putting Rocket Queen yeah. in that fucking list, you know. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like the lyrical, it was so crazy because those songs are so catchy and so good. But then, like when you really break down the lyrical content, even in today's day and age, like some of that shit's just like really. Your mommy works in porno now that daddy's not around? Like, <laughs> you know? Or is it the other way around? I feel like I'm having some dyslexic moment here.
0: Yeah,
1: Maybe not, but yeah. point is, like, who the fuck writes those lyrics and then who makes one of the biggest records of all time with those lyrics? It's fucking genius, dude. Oh, yeah. like It's punk rock. That's what's great about that album and why it's so magical, because it's a hard rock record, but it's a punk rock record at heart, you know? Like, lyrically, and then, obviously, Duff's, like, a fucking hardcore punk guy.
0: Yeah, because I think all those guys brought all these different influences to it, yeah. right? Because Axl Rose had something, Slash had something, like you said, Duff had
1: something, yeah. so it was all just a mesh. That's what made it a great band.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because you had, like, Izzy and Slash were, like, fucking yeah, Brad you know, like, and Joe from Aerosmith, right? Yeah, like, that, was, that like, was, like, was, like, the same kind of swagger and the bluesy guitar playing and shit, but then you got like a bass player coming in, driving the whole fucking thing and singing back up and he's like just into all these punk bands. Like, do the spaghetti incident, I'll have arguments all day long about this. I remember. No one liked that fucking record. But you know who liked that record? This fucking guy.
2: Hmm.
1: And you know why I like that record? Because it got me into a whole bunch of different bands. I... At first I hated it because I was like, this doesn't even sound like Guns N' Roses. What the fuck is half this shit, you know? But then it grew on me and it turned me on to so much stuff that I never, you know, like the Damned and the New York Dolls and Fear and there was all these punk bands that I would have never, I wouldn't have known who the fuck they were had I not listened to that album and read the liner notes, you know?
0: Yeah, cause isn't that what sparked this whole idea for the debut album stuff? I think anyways, that, oh, yeah. cause you I were like you were talking yeah. about that album. Yeah, so I'd kind of kind of wrap it up. Yeah, or whatever,
1: or bring it full circle, I guess. Well, hey, fuck everybody that doesn't like it, man. I, yeah. I genuinely enjoyed the spaghetti incident. It was, you know what, if we were gonna rank. If we were going to rank Guns N' Roses albums, which I think this is where the conversation yeah. started, yeah. And I think you said something about how you had never listened to The Spaghetti Incident, right? Is that where the conversation was? I haven't, because they yeah. did some covers
0: on that tour
1: right when they got back together in
0: 2016. I think they did a couple of those covers. They did, yeah, because when I saw them, they did. And Duff sang, because he sang they did new, one. Did they do New Rose or Attitude?
1: He I think they, they was were new. They
0: were kind of alternating. they were alternating.
1: Um, I can't remember which one they did when I saw them. Now that I think about it, I want to say they did Attitude. Actually, I was kind of hoping they'd do New Rose because I really, yeah. I love that song. I love the debut album from the Damned, and I, it's not on this list, so otherwise I wouldn't have mentioned it. But, um, yeah, so I'd kind of hoped that they would do that, and they didn't. I think they did Attitude, but
0: yeah, and then know. spoiler alert. Y- Use Your Illusion One would be my favorite Guns N' Roses album. Wow, <laughs> now, really? Uh, yeah. You know what? I mean, there's stuff on that I love.
1: If I did a top, dude,
0: Dust and Bones, man, that's like that would be like
1: one of my top favorite Guns, really? Guns N' Roses songs. I would uh, put "Don't Damn Me" on there because I think that's one of the like that's an underappreciated Guns N' Roses song, and it's some of like Slash's best work, dude. Those fucking riffs yeah. in that song are just like. I don't even know how the fuck he plays it. It's so catchy and so quick and stuttery and yeah. I uh, I've tried to play it. That was like the one riff where I was always sitting down like trying to learn it and I could never quite get it down. Like it just had mm-hmm. this thing, like you had to have this right hand from hell to be able to actually fucking <laughs> land that riff, man. It fucking god. I'm gonna sit down and fucking try to relearn it again now and I'm gonna drive myself crazy all over again hmm. and be down here cussing cause I'll grab a Les Paul and a Marshall fucking crank it up and I'll think I'm gonna have it just because I have a Les Paul and a Marshall yeah. and then I'm gonna be pissed cause I suck cause I'm not Slash but fuck yeah that's a great riff man That oh, yeah. is. You, there's stuff on those Illusion albums I really like but there's some stuff I really hate
0: yeah they're long and kind of almost bloated yeah but but sorry, that's a whole other Yeah, I'm taking this
1: way off out of orbit. Yeah, so I think we're only, at this point, on what, number five? I just didn't buy, like, number five, if we're counting down.
0: Yeah, so I've only done two. So go. All right. <laughs> Here's one that's almost kind of sentimental. All Let me right. get a little bit, oh, kind of sentimental. i might take a drink. Um, I don't know if anybody listening knows this, but I met Brent in 2007 at ICC. And my music taste, I think at that point, was a little bit
1: different than it is now. That's Illinois Central College for anyone uh, that's from out of state. Yeah. Go um, ahead. Sorry. ICC, <laughs> I can't count. That's what some people say. That's true.
0: But uh, anyways, so I really liked that at the time. I was like super up, um, super up Dream Theater's but And then, but I really liked stuff on the radio at the time. Like Breaking Benjamin was a band that I listened to a lot. Or like... Uh, Uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars, and I think we like traded some albums. Like you gave me some um, Elvis Costello stuff, some Wild Heart stuff. I think you even gave me what's that, Backyard Babies? Because I remember minus Celsius and stuff. And then um, the one thing we kind of had in common was um, talking about Dream Theater. You said you liked um, the one album, Falling Into Infinity. Yeah, yeah. So. so there's one way we kind of overlapped a little bit. But then there's one album where you gave me that just blew my mind. And it was like, fucking like, it just like, fuck, dude, opened up all these doors like a gateway drug to like so many other bands, even bands we've talked about. And it's jellyfish belly button. I knew button. you were going to say that. God damn. Yeah. I dude, almost put that on my list dude. That too, but... left like a huge impression on me because I only saw you that one semester yeah. in ICC and then I didn't see you again for like five more years and I think I was trying to find you on Facebook or something. I was hiding. But, dude, <laughs> jellyfish, that seriously like fucking kicked my ass the way Van Halen kicked people's ass in the 70s, the way it kicked your ass when you're like I understand. Boy Scouts. Jellyfish, man.
2: Yeah. It
0: had like... And talking about bands too, like all of mine have these fully formed like sounds, like Van Halen. Their whole everything Van Halen is is in the first album. Everything Leonard Skinner is is in the first album. Jellyfish, well we only had two albums, but everything that Jellyfish is, it was right there from the start. And that album is fucking awesome. Like I think I like Spilt Milk more, but
1: Belly Button right. it's fuck. This is shit. I'm glad I didn't put that on here now because I didn't want to have us have oh, okay. I want yeah, you know, I wanted different things to talk about. So yeah. part of me didn't put it on there because I had a feeling you might have it. And oh, as soon really. as you started telling the story, I thought, fuck, he's gonna say jellyfish. But I think the main reason I didn't put it on the list was because I hope that following this we do a sophomore album. Oh, Spilled Milk would definitely be on like yeah. there's no denying that. I feel like my sophomore album list just thinking of it briefly the other night when I was like texting you about it, like there would be
0: I, way too many that I would have. I think it just there. would
1: be a really interesting list. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Like I think mine would be not quite as like, I feel like this shit's kind of run of the mill. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? That's on my list for me. I feel like it's run of the mill, but they just were too obvious to deny. But, um, here's actually
0: one thing for me though. It's not sophomore albums. I feel like it's, Third albums.
1: Those would be tough. Those
0: are where I'm like a band. Their third albums are usually like fucking like, I don't know, Chef Kiss like, or something. Or even like TV show seasons. Third seasons are where they kind of dial in.
1: Yeah.
0: Really, whatever they're doing, it's like fucking third album. Well,
1: because especially back, like, and you see a lot of documentaries where people talk about this, and back in the 70s, like, all these bands – they spend years being a band, being an artist, if they're a solo artist, whatever. They spend years writing their first record. Yeah. So their fucking debut album is usually really good. And then the record company's pushing them for a second one. And so they call it the sophomore slump. Because, yeah, because they
0: either have to get it right or they're fucking dropped yeah. for whoever's and next. And most of mind. them just
1: kind of yeah. shit the bed and put something out that doesn't live up to the first one. And then the third one's usually like, look, motherfucker, this is it. Like, you either knock my fucking dick in the dirt or you're off the fucking label and gone. And that's the reason why... Yeah, like, wait, here's
0: one, Silvertide. They had a good, like, in the early 2000s, had a good, like, debut album. But then I think that's all they really had, their second album maybe. And then, boom, they're just like... I mean, by that time, I don't think
1: the labels had the patience to develop an artist. But back in the 70s, the reason why you got born to run and the reason you got damn the torpedoes was because these labels were ran by people that gave a fuck and wanted to make the they knew they saw something in these artists and they wanted to get the best out of them and so you know the first tom petty although i like the second tom petty record a lot too but you know i feel like some people maybe consider the second one to kind of be like, oh, yeah, it was okay, but then, you know, Damn the Torpedoes was it. Yeah. and Which I agree with. Like, Damn the Torpedoes and Born to Run, I always mention those because uh, what the fuck is there to argue with? Like, I can't even fathom somebody telling me yeah. that they don't think that those albums are one of the greatest things they've ever heard. Like, every time I listen to Damn the Torpedoes, I'm still like, fuck, that is such a great-sounding album. Like, there is not an album out there that has so many good songs and sounds so fucking good and then Born to Run, like, great songs with these massive fucking arrangements. Like, how did they come up with this shit, you know? And make Mm. a great song out of it, you know? I feel like if you wrote Jungle Land today, you just would... (laughs) <laughs> you'd be like what the fuck is this like this is just too big and am I trying too hard but he uh whatever so move on <laughs> like now I'm going on a yeah. tangent that you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we're having the top yeah seven third released albums but all yeah right. dude Jellyfish man Billy Button really is a great album that's a great pop record it has all the best, you know. It was kind of
0: before then, like, I kind of didn't really like the Beatles, honestly. Like, it was something my dad listened to that I didn't like. And even in the mid-90s or something, right, they came out with those anthology things, so everybody was like, Beatles, 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 and all these kids like I went to school with were like, Beatles, 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 and I'm like, well, fuck you guys. I like Metallica. And then all of a sudden, like, you like blew my mind with Jellyfish, and I'm like, All right, well, they were inspired by the Beatles. They were inspired by Queen. All these things. It was like a melting pot of all these bands. And I'm like, well, fuck, dude. I guess I got to get into them now because jellyfish.
1: Well, that's the thing is like, Spilt Milk is very Queen and Beach Boys. Like, I always described it as, and look, I can't take credit for discovering this. Like, obviously, our mutual friend Denny is the one that turned me on. He always was talking about jellyfish. Yeah. And I hadn't heard, like, we were friends for a while, and he mentioned them a million times, and I just was like, I gotta fucking listen to this band finally, you know? And so I bought Fucking jellyfish, that's in
0: the fucking ocean. Like, what? (laughs) what?
1: (laughs) So I bought both albums and thought, like, okay. He taught, you know, we obviously became friends because it was like, shit, we always just had a lot in common musically, and when he always talked about Jellyfish. I thought, okay, I gotta finally listen to him. I mean, if he talks him up this much, then cool. They're they're gonna be cool, I'm sure, you know. And I remember buying them both at the same time and I think I might have had him order me the copies on CD, you know, through the store and, Picked them up and was driving home and put one of them in. I think maybe I listened to Spilt Milk first, but I just remember my fucking mind being blown. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's one of those where you feel stupid that you didn't know about it until just then. Because I was late to the game. This was like early 2000s for me. And these records came out in 93, 95, right? No, I think they were
0: like 90 and 92 or something. Because here's something that blew my mind later. When the pandemic started, I was like, all right, everybody's binging shows. I'll binge 90210, you know, with, like, Jason Priestley and stuff. Yeah. And that. in the pilot episode, they have a jellyfish song. Oh, really? In there. So I think it's 1990 when that, like, 1990 like, when Bella, it, baby all the kids. back or something? Something or like, like that. Like... I forget what song it is, but all the kids are going to school, and they're showing all these, like, Ferraris pull up or whatever. And there's a jellyfish song <clears throat> playing, and I'm like, just trying to picture what jellyfish
1: you're in 902 and 0 in like 1990. You never know, though. Sometimes, like, yeah, you find shit like that. Like, oh, wow, that was there. Like,
0: yeah, like I didn't think anybody knew about them other than like you guys.
1: I always just remember describing Spilt Milk to people as like if
0: it's the, the best album you've never heard.
1: Well, that, um, and I always said like if Pet Sounds and Night at the Opera got together and just fucked and had a baby, it would yeah. be spilt milk, you know? Yeah. And then Belly Button was always like, okay, strip that back a little bit and take it more to like Beatles and Cheap Trick. Yeah. You know, like, like Yeah, it kinda, 'cause it's got the,
0: what the baby's coming back and like uh King is
1: half undressed. Yeah, calling
0: Sarah. Yeah, so it's got more of that kinda like
1: kind of mellower. There's some yeah. yacht rockish type vibes to yeah. it I guess. I think. I mean, I've only been yeah. hip to the Yacht Rock um, term within the last like year or so here. So. Oh, really? I've heard about that for like <laughs> five years. Because I very, think what Yacht Rock very, yeah. is kind of like the... I just assumed it'd be like Air Supply or something. I don't know. Yeah, like Colin Oates.
0: Yeah. And I think they even lump in like what, a Steely Dan in
1: there yeah.
0: too. But yeah, like you can just say it's like 70s, like AM Rock. Yeah, there's
1: mellower shit in there for sure. Yeah,
0: or... so the first album I guess Belly Button is like AM Rock. Whereas yeah, like spilt milk is just a fucking artsy like fucking well, like you said, night at the opera. And it's it's just, almost boom. like a concept. It's like record. next level.
1: Like yeah.
0: But yeah. There's
1: oh, some man. really interesting jabs at Catholicism and stuff yeah. in there too that are just like, Wow, this is weird, but great. Yeah, it's like with the fan club song. Joining a fan club. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean there's just so such great Shit, man. I, I got to tell you, I got to piss, and yeah. I probably need another beer because we're, like, at the halfway point-ish. Mm. Fucker. Cracking a Guinness now, folks. What are you drinking, Andy? A little Jingle Java from Bent River? Yeah. <clears throat> we stop at Bent River a couple times, eh? That place is awesome. Have us some food, some some barbecue, mm. snacks, beer. How are the uh, Valentine's Day cookies that uh, Pretty good. my wife made that just sat? No one eats. Needs... I, I don't get it because she makes these sweets and then nobody fucking eats them, right? Like, I'm the one that shouldn't have sweets. Mm-hmm. Last time I had blood work done, they're like, hey, your blood glucose levels are high. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, I don't even eat sweets. I drink a lot. That's probably the problem. But... Nobody eats the fucking things. They make the cookies, nobody eats them. And then I sit there, and I have a couple cocktails. I get a little bit of a buzz, and I think, those fucking cookies sound good. And then I eat a bunch of fucking cookies I shouldn't eat. Because I make bad decisions when I drink, Andy. Thank God I don't frequent strip clubs, because Hmm. there's worse decisions to make there. You just talk about music. I wouldn't really know, though. So ignore that strip club conversation.
0: Alright. So continuing on your number <laughs> four, I guess, or number good save, because Christ three. knows where I would
1: have gone with that conversation.
0: Something like that. I don't know. We're not no. really keeping
1: score and counting. We're just No. We're just going. We're not. Um, so my number four. My well, number four, no matter which way you look at it. Pretty hate machine, nine inch nails. Ooh, you did. that was the one I guessed. You did guess it. I finally
0: got one right. You did. We had Guns N' Roses on there. Oh. so Well, anybody's going to have Guns N' Roses on that's there. So that's a given. It's like Bingo, the middle square. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the middle square. Well, you know, that's just a great... I don't know. I got into Nine Inch Nails junior high. I'm going to mention junior high because... That's, like I said before, like your formative years of getting into music, right? Like, you're first becoming a teenager, and yeah. Um, yeah, and you're getting into all that crazy shit your mom and dad don't want you to listen to. And I remember, uh, like, 94, Woodstock 94, Nine's Nails played that. There was footage from it on MTV, and they were all covered in mud and shit. Yeah. And so this was like Downward Spiral had just come out, or was coming out, I can't really remember the timeline closer but yeah yeah. but strangely enough with this band even though i got into it at about the time downward spiral came out i bought pretty hate machine first Hmm. because i saw their performance of them playing head like a hole all covered in mud at the fucking woodstock thing and uh I just thought, Jesus Christ, this song's so fucking cool, you know. I gotta, I gotta find the album it's on, and then I came across Pretty Hate Machine and the record store. I can't remember where I bought it, maybe like Music Land in the mall or something. But um, I remember getting home and listening to it, and it wasn't as heavy as the performance on MTV, and it kind of bummed me out, right? Like because that really is a pop record, you know, and. Uh, So at first it was a little weird because I expected it to be heavier and it ended up being a poppier album and so I was kind of caught off guard because this is at the time where I'm getting into more hard rock and heavier stuff at least for me at the time. And so I didn't really know what to think, you know, but it grew on me. Something I can never have. I remember just being like this. Such a haunting ballad, like And this is a kid that's got into a lot of these hard rock bands because they had these really accessible power ballads, right? Like, I mean, I was a kid, so who the fuck am I kidding? I can't sit here and act like that's not what got me into hard rock. I can't act like, you know, like every rose has its thorn, you know? (laughs) I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, Poison's cool. Now it's kind of like a little cliche to say that and a little, you know dorky and nobody really wants to raise their hand and admit that they're a fan of that song. They don't really want to admit they're a fan of Poison, let alone that song. But but those were like the things that first got me into those bands. And so then to like get into Nine Inch Nails and listen to a ballad like something I can never have that's so much darker and, you know, it was like, what the fuck, you know? Like almost kind of freaked me out at first. But then... I was hooked, and then there's like pop songs, like the most unsuspecting pop songs, like Ring Finger at the end of the album, where it's like that's still one of my, one of the highlights for me, you know, so I don't want to ramble on too long, because I feel like this has already been a long episode, but I could probably go by that, I could probably go track by track with that album, and really dive into it, you know, but I'll shut the fuck up instead. Here's some experience
0: I have with that album. Uh, 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 My first job that I worked at pretty much through my teens, 15, 16, 17, 18, whatever, um, I was working at a swimming pool, but it was kind of in like the ghetto area of Peoria. And on my breaks, I would listen to, I would just have like a Walkman, you know, like a disc player. Because this is before MP3 players, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you had to listen to CD players. Well, some kid that, um, who uh, came to the swimming pool, he wanted to listen to I, I know, whatever. He's like, what are you listening to? And it was the Nine Inch Nails Pretty Machine. And I hear him. Um, he's sitting in the chair. And all I hear him is he's trying to do like, he's like saying the lyrics of Sin. And he's like shouting it out loud. But he's like oh, yeah. off-key, how we're like doing the off-key guitar solos. He's, he's shouting out the off-key lyrics of like Sin. And I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, hey, I kind of hooked this kid that's usually into like Eminem or something, you know, or like Master P at the time, and here he is listening
1: to Nine Inch Nails. One highlight, of Sin is like, that song to me was always like, yeah, it should have been a bigger hit, you know. And obviously the video, if you've ever seen it, it's a little off-putting. Huh, <laughs> so, no, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of the videos. I think it's just okay. like two gay dudes just like rubbing each other hmm. with oil or paint or something. And, cause I, I think I had the, the only video. video I saw
0: was him walking down the street. Is that I'm Afraid of Americans, like the David Bowie thing? Uh, or is that the one from
1: the... Uh, the Lost Highway soundtrack thing? The Perfect Drug?
0: No, I was going to say uh, the <clears throat> Lara
1: Croft Tomb
0: Raider soundtrack. Because there was oh, a song Dig or something like that.
1: I don't remember.
0: Hmm. I mean, I had I that home
1: video that had like the music videos and the live stuff hmm. and... And yeah, it was just weird, like, Sin just had this really, like, yeah, like, too gay for MTV kind mm-hmm. of thing, like, a very homoerotic erotic It was, like, video. banned from and, MTV. So, well, yeah, most of their shit was. Trent would always do something so fucking bizarre that, I mean, some of the stuff was, I don't know, man, like... uh Oh, jeez, what was the video from, uh... He was
0: always trying to make a statement, it seems like, too.
1: Yeah, you know, and I mean, he had cool artsy stuff, you know, but some of it, I think, I I don't want to say he took it too far, because I don't want to tell, like, act like, I think censorship's a good idea or anything, but at the same time, like, what are you, how did you expect that to actually get put on MTV and be distributed to the masses?
0: you know what I mean
1: like that's like shooting like if you wanted to like shoot porn to a music video like you obviously can't put it on fucking six o'clock at night on regular TV you know what I mean (laughs) like so uh, I don't know he made some really bold artistic moves I guess but Hmm. that video I think kind of in a lot of ways fucked that song out of Having the potential pop,
0: because that was technically a single. Yeah, because I thought that's like actually the best song on the album. Yeah. Maybe for me, that kind of sticks with me is like "Sin." Yeah, that's or down a great in the in hole. hole.
1: Yeah, down
0: in a Hole. I, like I was a hole. down. <laughs>
1: I was down in it, and I'm up about it. it. Yeah. yeah, down in it was a great. That yeah. was kind of like yeah, oh yeah, Allison Chains. Yeah, early like yeah. rap rockish kind of. Yeah. yeah, the only time was always the one that I thought was really cool. Like just. I don't know. That was like a standout song for me on that album. It just... I just remember the line about the devil wants to fuck me in the back of his car, and it was so absurd. But, <laughs> but it was, you know, like, who writes that? Who the fuck is this guy that wrote this? Like, it makes Trent Reznor that much more intriguing. Yeah, because
0: this actually is Why? one album I
1: thought of later. After I
0: wrote Down 7, I thought of Nine Snails Nails, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sticking with
1: these. So that's sticking one that was arms. in my head. I mean, it's a hard one to not. Yeah, I mean, dude, it is kinda. I want to. Mm. Another great song. That's what I get. I mean, it's like everything on this album is a great pop song.
0: And he's also the one of those guys folk. too that opened up the doors for what Filter with that Richard Patrick and then Marilyn Manson. so yeah, he's kind of like I mean, a, Richard
1: Patrick played guitar. In yeah, the he's like live, super you know?
0: influential. Mm-hmm. So it's like hard to not have it.
1: I'm not texting while we're doing this. I'm just uh, at a point to where it's like up the songs. I got such a buzz going that it's like, man, I'm not even gonna re- be able to remember the fucking songs on the album because <laughs> I blank out too easy. You give mm. me like, you know, a couple beers and
0: blind fury,
1: you're just blind to uh, song names now. Well, honestly, I don't know if it's because I'm getting old or what, but. Yeah. I can't remember what the fuck I was talking about. Here, 10 I'll move on to if I was sober.
0: I am ready to talk about this one. Sorry. Do sorry, it. sorry. My number 4 is Queen's first album, which is one that like,
1: can't argue. It's
0: not even my favorite Queen album, but I'm not going to lie. I'm like most people. I got into Queen mostly because of Bohemian Rhapsody like 2 years ago. I'd heard the stuff on the radio, but I was like, okay, it's stuff on the radio, but like, I like other things. And then that movie, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go and dive into their albums. And I really like to you know what sheer heart attack. We already mentioned Night at the Opera. The Game's a good album. And so going back to the first album, I was like, what the fuck is this? But then at the same time, it's like, holy fuck. It's almost like they're, it's, the musical equivalent of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks to me. Because they've got that keep yourself alive, which is kind of like what they would eventually do anyways. But then they've got that like they've got that doing alright song. Doing alright. Which doesn't really sound like them, which was kind of like an earlier version, like I guess the movie they were smile before Freddie came along. So that's like the earlier shit. Then they've even got this song. I fucking love this song, Great King Rat. That song on that album just like blew my mind when I heard it. Uh, Cause it sounds like early, like Iron Maiden and all this fucking heavy metal that I like. And I'm like, Queen was kind of like had like roots in heavy metal. And I don't know. That album just kind of blew my mind. Cause I'm like, yeah, they're just doing all these kind of sounds that they'd eventually branch off and do later. But it's all in the first album. Right. I think Son and Daughter is another song on there.
1: I can't disagree with you.
0: It's just like, I don't know. It's a weird, weird album. Like, it's not even their best one, like I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying.
1: Yeah. No, I've always album, really loved it, that album, too. I mean. It's good. It's um, hard to argue with. But yeah.
0: Or like some fairy, fairy song but... or something. Isn't that on there? Like Or something called Jesus. And it sounds like you're in church. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. But I don't know, man. They were like fucking almost like ahead of their time.
1: No, I mean, they were. There's a reason they inspired so many other, you know. Yeah, so sorry, guys.
0: I'm, like, hyped up
1: because I really wanted to talk about that album. I really like it. it. It's the coffee and that stout that you're drinking. Yeah. Thanks, Bent River. No, good shit. I mean, I, you know, Queen has a lot of great albums, and I wouldn't. I Probably wouldn't call that my favorite, but dude, that wouldn't even like be in you're, my top five it's like or you're something. Saying it, it's like fucking great, though. It is great yeah. for what it is, yeah. And a lot of the times, I mean, these bands in in their formative years, you know,
0: I think that's the thing. All these albums from the and, 70s, dude, it's just the yeah. 70s was, was just fucking it's like you didn't have to be like rock or you didn't have to be like this, you yeah, just like. It, were your thing and now everything's got to be classified into like okay well this is math metal or this is like you know um what is it like i don't know there's all these different classifications like, of like metal yeah. but back then it was just like they were inspired is by this? everything
1: and that's why yeah. they became such a unique band and that's why like hardcore they were or inventing new sounds because yeah. Like, when I talked to that Rick Lee from 10 years after, like, it was so crazy, because he was just talking about... Yeah, he's
0: rattling off all these, like, influences and, like...
1: It was all, like, jazz guys and stuff, and it was, like, shit that... It was, like, no wonder back in the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, especially when these kinds of bands were first forming, it's no wonder that there were so many of them, and they were so fucking unique. Yeah. You know, like... There was no one that was metal before people will argue this, but there was no one that there was no one that was Black Sabbath before Black Sabbath. How yeah. the fuck did Black Sabbath sound like Black Sabbath? Yeah. How did Deep Purple sound like Deep Purple? How? See,
0: that's what I was saying. Black Sabbath, they were just evil hippies. They were they were still doing the hippie shit, but they just kind of what downtuned or something instead of uptuned.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> they I just kind
0: of tweak something. I mean, it was all the same Zeppelin, shit. Like,
1: Zeppelin just went and took a bunch of blues songs and practically yeah. rewrote them and had a singer that could sing really high. Yeah. And a drummer that just hit hard. And I, I don't know. It was just like all yeah. these little things that just hadn't been done before, you know? And yeah, man, it's just fuck. It was... It was a trip talking to that Rick Lee guy just because of that, just because you know stories and yeah. how they kind of were influenced by all these different kinds of music. And yeah,
0: like throwing things. shit at the wall, like I'm saying. They're just like doing whatever. I'm throwing my arms around like I'm a crazy well, man. Well, okay, because like,
1: like if you were to start a band now and you were to talk to a bunch of different musicians, it'd be like, well, what are you into? Well, I'm into Black Sabbath. Well, cool, I'm into Black Sabbath. Let's start a band. Hey, drummer guy, what are you into? Well, I'm into nickelback. Okay, well fuck you. Yeah. And you you know what I mean? But like I guess like the I thought you were gonna
0: say if you're into Black Sabbath, it's like Black Sabbath isn't just one thing. Are you into like the Dio Sabbath or the (laughs) the Ozzy Sabbath or what I'm saying
1: is like you're never gonna really probably get anything that's truly unique again. Yeah. Like Black Sabbath was that unique back then. Like you're not gonna get that again until you got five guys. They come from five totally different backgrounds musically, totally different set of influences, and just say, well, I don't really like that shit, but sounds cool. Let's fucking see if we can just, what we can do anyhow.
0: Like Guns N' Roses, right? Yeah, Yeah, well, just
1: imagine if you had, I don't know. Let's say you had a guy who was a singer, songwriter, guitar player, and he's a fucking diehard Tom Waits fan, okay? saying that because there's a, Tom Waits poster right here next to me, right? <laughs> and then you get, like, a lead guitar player that's like, well, I'm really into Guns N' Roses, and I want to play, like, Slash. And that's what he does. He plays, like, Slash, and the lead singer sings, like, Tom Waits and writes weird-ass songs like Tom Waits. And then you get, like, some drummer that comes in and is like, well, I just fucking everything Ginger Baker. Yeah. That's it, man. Like, I just... Listen to the fucking Blind Faith album, fucking Cream, like, 4,000 times in the last two days. That's how obsessed I am. <laughs> I played just like him, you know? And then you get, like, some bass player that comes in and is like, nothing like that, you know? Just is, like, listening to nothing but, I don't know, old funk or something, like, Funkadelic, Sly and the Family Stone or yeah. something, and... I mean, that's, like, you know, pretty unique ingredients, right? Uh, I mean, granted... Then
0: you'd get uh, Incubus. At this point, yeah. Yeah. At
1: this point, you have plenty of bands that have already probably fused all those things together. But I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of diversity that makes something new. Not just, like, four guys that are like, Oh, you like Motorhead? I like Motorhead. You like Motorhead? fuck it, let's go start a band that sounds just like Motorhead. Yeah. It's going to sound just like Motorhead, which would be awesome. I'd still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it's cool, it's cool, because that's a formula that, you know, still works, but uh, to reinvent the wheel and do something as cool as, like, the first Queen record, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. That was one long fucking rant. I'm going to shut the fuck up and move on to my, my <laughs> all right, next man. pick. You got the floor. All right. I feel like you, even on your picks, I'm just... I start babbling. Yeah, because I just got good picks, shit. right? That could give you good material. You do. I just hope I'm not, like, babbling too no. much. And God, this Brent guy just No, it's just
0: hard. all my picks are awesome, yes. right? Wink, wink.
1: It is. All right, so this one, anybody that knows me is probably... Going to go, yeah, well, no shit. And that's Too Fast for Love. Oh, okay. I was thinking... Molly crew. You were, I thought you were going to say Wasp there. But yeah, well, Molly Coo, But... No, not Wasp. But Too Fast for Love. Undeniable. That's I another mean, one on the wall, Another right? framed one on the wall, right? Yeah, that's actually... That copy was like a limited run they did. I haven't even opened that copy. Yeah. Like, I have a copy that's opened, obviously. But... That one was, jeez, I'm trying to think of how long ago they released that and how many copies they did, but it actually has like a 45 in it with a stick to your guns and toast of to the town. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. And I just didn't open it because I was like, ah, fuck, they only pressed like, I don't even know. I want to say 1,000, but then that sounds like a really low number. And then mm. somebody listening. I think like, you're going to say like 500 because 1,000 seemed too high. I don't know. I'm just making a number up. (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with you. Thousand sounds right, though. I mean, I don't think it's like super rare, but I did look it up one time, and I think people were trying to sell it for like a hundred bucks or something. But I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I bought it because I just really wanted it. And it was funny because I had it on CD. I got into, you know, buying vinyl and stuff, and they reissued that, and I bought it, and I couldn't bring myself to open it for some reason. I don't know why. I usually just open shit. I'm not like a collector. I open shit and I listen to it. I open stuff up in the car before I'm even home. Yeah, I just didn't want to open mm. it because I was like, ah, is it that limited? Like, should I not open it? And the next thing I know, they were just were reissuing like a regular reissue of all mm-hmm. their stuff on vinyl, anyhow. So I just bought another copy and played the fuck out of it. I just never opened that one. Hmm. So then, like, one day I was like, hey, I think I'll just frame it, stick it on the wall. I don't know fuck else am i doing with it right <laughs> but yeah you know this obviously motley crew man when i was like junior high and high school i was so obsessed with these guys i thought they were just the coolest shit ever they were kind of the band that made me want to be a guitar player and made me want to write songs and made me want to be a rock star which never happened but you know <laughs> but it was like probably the most influential band of my
0: Well, you're still writing music, playing music, so, I mean, it's still something. Well, yeah,
1: but I'm just saying, like, not, you know. Obviously, they were like, you know, I wanted to be, like, that big. I wanted to be that fucking arena rock, you know, have the big fucking long hair and tattoos, and they inspired so much of what I kind of half acidly grew (laughs) into be, but it was, you know... Like, Dr. Feelgood was the era that I got into them and then went back. Because, like, I think I mentioned before, like, same old situation and Dr. Feelgood and those videos just being all over MTV and then going back and getting the back catalog and everything. And I can kind of remember getting Too Fast for Love. I think that I actually got their back catalog through, like, BMG or Columbia House. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, where you, like, order, like... Whatever you know, a penny a piece, and then you gotta fucking then you're locked into some contract and you gotta buy a bunch of shit for the next five years of your life or whatever at full price. But mm. whatever the case was, I can't remember all the stipulations and whatnot. But I think that I had basically went back and just got every Motley Crue album prior to Doctor Feelgood. Mm. Fuck and, yeah, I'll get these for a penny. Yeah, all right. and uh, you know this one was one where it didn't really sound metal other than, like, live wire and piece of your action, which actually I had on Decade of Decadence, too. So I think I had gotten, like, Dr. Feelgood. I think I borrowed the cassette from somebody for, like, forever and played the fuck out of it and then eventually bought my own copy on CD and bought Decade of Decadence, and then that's when I kind of got into all the back previous stuff and then, and then ordered all the albums. And, yeah, and... You know, Live Wire and Piece of Your Action were... They were still pretty, like, heavy, I guess. But the rest of the album was a little bit more pop, you know, and... It's like, what's that? Like? So it catches you off guard, I guess.
0: And it's not a slick... It's just a rocked-out cheap trick or something, isn't yeah. it, right? The yeah. first album kind of is, other than Live yeah. Wire.
1: And, you know, it just wasn't... It catches you off guard, I guess, if you're used to the big slick production of Doctor Feelgood and you know that stuff, and so yeah, because I think it threw me off. That's why yeah. I was like, what? But I mean, you know what? Now, not only is it one of my favorite debut albums of all time, but it's like my favorite Motley Crue album <laughs> of all time. Shout at the Devil, close second. You know, but I think that. Danger I've always hated that song it disqualifies it like there's not a song I don't like on Too Fast for Love Hmm. and so Danger just puts (laughs) Shout of the Devil right behind Too Fast for Love Gotcha. and I could put man I mean they're just I remember you know Come On and Dance is kind of a super generic pop song I still enjoy it though Public Enemy number one I remember that opening riff and just fucking cowbell, you know, public enemy number one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, it was such a fun song, and then merry-go-round. It was, like, a really cool ballad, mm-hmm. like, great pop, upbeat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the hook kind of pops mm-hmm. in, and um, yeah. And, you know, so two things about this. Starry Eyes was, like, the one song when I first got the album that I really didn't like. And now it's, like, one of my favorite on the album. So that's a weird thing, too, you know, to, like, have something where you listen to it so much to where you give it a chance to have these other songs grow on you. And then those other songs Hmm. sometimes end up becoming, like, your favorite thing on the fucking album, you know. And On With The Show is always really cool because I remember before owning this, watching one of their home videos, and I think it played in the background of one of them, maybe like that Motley Crue Uncensored VHS home video. And I always kind of heard that and thought, man, that sounds like a really good song, and I didn't know where it came from because I hadn't heard Too Fast for Love yet, and then I hear the album, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's that song, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think some of it, from this album was that way where I kind of heard it in the background of that home video and then you finally get the chance to hear it in its entirety and you go oh shit that's where this came from and then it was you know uh, I don't know I just this is an album that stuck with me for so fucking long that and I know so many other people feel that way so it's not like I'm special and unique in that but uh, but then like there was always the b-sides that I heard about too that yeah, didn't they do like raspberries one like tonight? Is that on yeah, there? Yeah, and I didn't hear the stuff until way later when they reissued did, yeah. like the reissues in the yeah, late '90s, early 2000s, maybe. And that's when I finally heard like "Stick to Your Guns" and "Toast of the Town," which originally "Stick to Your Guns" was like it was on the original Leather Records release yeah. of "Too Fast okay. for Love," and that was I think their originally their single like the one they were pushing as their single, and then it didn't even make the fucking record. And so later on, then I get to hear that, and I hear Toast of the Town, and honestly, like, Toast of the Town is one of my favorite Motley Crue songs ever, and it didn't even make the fucking record. It's so weird, but that's so cool in a way, too, to be able to, like, you know, get, like, a B-side, a leftover track from the debut album, and have it, like all these years later, man, like 40 years after its release, 25 years probably yeah. after the first time I heard it or whatever. Can't do math right now because of beer. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. it's just like, man, all those years later, man, it's like this B-side from their debut album still one of my favorite fucking things they've ever done. And I'm sure that some people are like, what? That's a cheesy-ass song. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? But... And then you bring up the Raspberries, and it's like, dude, years later, I became a big Raspberries fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through a few years of legitimately being pretty obsessed with Eric Carmen. I still love him. <laughs> so. You
0: just reminded me of something else that tonight cover. I think they recorded Hellraiser, too. Like, not the Motorhead Hellraiser, but what's the band? They did, like, Ballroom Blitz.
1: Oh, I, I can't even think of the yeah. name now because of beer. Because of beer. <laughs> That's going to be, like, the new joke, the new running joke with this. Yeah. Because beer.
0: <laughs> because cause I'm like, love is like oxygen. Jesus
1: Christ, what the fuck? Who did, yeah. <laughs> what like, now I that? can't even think of who did it. <laughs> All
0: right. Or whatever. Andy. <laughs> what man <band> is that? <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Because I, I was going to say stars, but it's no. not stars. Get sweet on. sweet see that that was how uh, we were talking about gateways to other I was talking yeah. about gateways to other bands listening to some of that early Mötley Crüe I was like fuck sweet they did the Ballroom Blitz thing I didn't know I thought that was a song just for Wayne's World so when I was listening to early Mötley Crüe that blew my mind because I was like okay this Hellraiser was sweet I I thought Ballroom Blitz was an original song in Wayne's World but no it's this other band too So it's like, fuck, dude, like you're saying all these bands kind of wear their influences on their sleeve. It was like Motley Crue was basically taking Raspberry's sweet, and cheap trick, and just kind of fucking like, you know, adding leather
1: to it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good stuff. There's a reason why.
0: Sweet. Why couldn't I think of sweet? I don't know. I'm just like, fuck. (laughs) It'd be really sweet if I could think
1: of this fucking band. Yeah, really. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, I was like, I don't know. I think you just jinxed me and I couldn't think of it for a second. Like, I was blind. Blind. Blind, blind without blind the fury. fury <laughs> with vanilla Oreos and marshmallows. I mean, seriously.
0: Don't drink that and try to think.
1: No shit. <laughs> I'm like brain dead and diabetic after drinking that. <laughs> All right, Andrew. All right. Moving okay, on. is this
0: my fifth one? Because I'm not really counting. That's why that's what sucks. I didn't put numbers by it, so I don't know what
1: when I'm on. <laughs> I don't know, but I have two more left. I know that.
0: So this is my fifth one. And it is the self-titled album Rage Against the Machine with that fucking dude on fire. What's he, a monk on fire?
1: Yeah. It was like that he like a Chinese monk. Yeah.
0: The, it, this is another one that's like Van Halen, where it's like, or guns and roses. It's impossible. To, like, not have this because, like, well, my first introduction to them, I feel like, was uh, the Battle of Los Angeles and stuff. And then, and then later on, like, Renegades of Funk. There was, like, gl- what was it? Shit, I can't even talk. Gorilla Radio and then, like, Renegades of Funk. But then that first album. They're another band where it's like, basically their first album is Rage Against the Machine, and then they just did the same thing like two more times. Yeah. But fuck, their first Rage Against the Machine album, dude, was like, all of which are American dreams. All of which are American dreams. I don't know, man. There's some fucking anger on there, but then there's some fucking rock, and you got like funk, and you got like another, it's like Queen. It's so got like a melting pot of like all these things. Into one band.
1: I don't know, dude. I mean, I gotta confess, like, I'm not a big rage fan. Oh, really? Don't hate them. Huh. The stuff I like.
0: Dude, I don't know. Like, I first I heard Tom Morello, know. and I'm like, holy shit, the dude's like... Meow, 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 meow. I don't know. What's, but then I didn't know that that, I didn't know that that was like pedals. We gotta do but video. But it sounds like fucking, like, Star Trek in fucking if rock you're gonna music. keep
1: doing weird air guitar shit like that, we gotta start doing video.
0: All right, well, I didn't know at the time though. I was like 14, 15 years oh. old. I didn't know, I had no concept of what pedals are. Right. And uh. isn't that what all Tom Morello's doing are like pedals? But still, well, it I sounds mean, like I fucking he... like Star Trek or like Star Wars where he got laser beams. Think, yeah, it sounds he's like got weird technique shit he does Laser so beams and like rock and roll. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs>
1: No, I mean, I get it, dude. I, you know, for some reason, it never appealed to me to where I was, like, balls out all oh, in really? in that band. They had stuff I really liked. Yeah. I liked the energy. But I think you hit the nail on the head for me, and maybe this is why I just never went all in with them was, like you said, like, they did their debut album, and then everything that followed was, like, the same thing. Yeah. And so maybe I just... I don't know. I think that album, I need to give it a better listen. Like, I need to give it more of a chance.
0: I even listened to it yesterday just to make sure because that's when I thought of Nine Inch Nails. And yesterday I was sitting in, in my apartment. I'm like, all right, I'll go back and actually listen to this to make sure it's going to be on my list. And there's some stuff that's like Led Zeppelin fucking riffs in there. Like uh what is it? Like wake up, and I remembered that that was at the end credits of like the Matrix movie, where like Neo starts flying off, and it's like da 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 da. I don't know, dude. It was just like it took me back to being like a teenager, and I was like, holy fuck, this was fucking cool. Like I don't know. That's all I can describe it is that almost fucking to me is fucking well, cool.
1: You're so excited about it that I'm actually convinced. So. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to, to it. I'm gonna give it oh, a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. More of a chance than I have in the past, I guess. Because there's stuff I like.
0: Yeah, like maybe Skip Killing but... in the Name, because that's one that's always on the right. radio and like hammered into your head. But like, I don't know. Freedom. Then there's that one that's like Know Your Enemy and it's got Maynard in there. And um, what is it? Maynard and that Zach De La Roca. They're like trading off verses. Huh. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like what you're saying, Funkadelic and then Led Zeppelin are like fucking had a baby. Fucking And then they had Rage Against the Machine and they got this fucking anger and it's like and then you got Brad Wilk. He even played with Black Sabbath on that one, um, their last album. Yeah. So obviously they got some kind of pedigree, I guess, or whatever, if they're I don't know.
1: No, I mean I you know what? Yeah. I think that I think that band came out at the wrong time for me because I was into, I don't know, like when did that come out? That came out like late 90s, early 2000s, so.
0: No, like I think the first, because I got into them with Battle of Los Angeles when I was a freshman in high school, and that was 98. And that was Guerrilla Radio. Okay, so yeah, it was so
1: little I little think earlier. it was
0: what, before that. Like they,
1: my I don't remember year. the name
0: of their second album. I don't know. It had the kid on it. So the first one, Rage Against the Machine, I think that was like 94, 92. Because see, even something else, the Crow soundtrack, that was kind of when I got into them too. They had that Darkness song on there.
1: Okay, I forgot that that song on there now that you say that. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and that wasn't even on the first album. That wasn't on any of their albums. That
1: we should probably, this is a side note, but we should probably do like a soundtrack episode. Because man...
0: Yeah, but now my number one is the Crow soundtrack. Because it <laughs> yeah. got me into
1: all these other fucking no, bands. No, but I agree. And Nine Inch Nails? And when you think about it, Pantera? when was the last fucking time you had a soundtrack like that? Never. No, you had, like, The Crow, Last Action Hero. Like, there's, Yeah, because like, really, those are
0: the ones we, we've talked about. I feel like,
1: like in the 90s, there was just those badass, you know. And then after that, it was like, nobody, re- like, you didn't have bands recording new original material for soundtracks. They just recycled old shit.
0: Yeah. Or it's like leftover shit that didn't make the album, then they'll put it on
1: Yeah, maybe uh
0: on the soundtrack just cuz their labels doing the soundtrack for the movie. So like, all right, well, we need to have a song. So, what do
1: we have in the can or something? Right. We'll just Yeah, there was like crazy fucking great Dude, the stuff fucking Crow soundtrack. Dude, man. like the Cure song was great. The Nine Inch Nail song was great. Yes. Helmet, I think that's when I got into Helmet. Like, Violent Femmes.
0: I was gonna say that next. Violent yeah. Femmes on there. And
1: that's so funny, dude, because I hate I hate Blister in the Sun so much. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's annoying. Because Violent Femmes have some really they do have some really cool stuff. They have some really terrible shit. They're
0: like the B-52s of the 90s or something like that. Or they got just this off-the-wall shit. Yeah,
1: but then there's, like, the song you know them for is so bad that, like, you want to just fucking hate them. Yeah. But then, like, dude, Add It Up is a really great song, you know? And, uh, like, even, like, something stupid like Dance Motherfucker Dance, you know? Or what was the one... uh, God, I'm just drawing a blank. I got too much information flooding my fucking yeah. brain. Yeah. At the same I was just time. Totally like but uh th- Yeah, uh oh no, what was it? Rabbit hole within a rabbit hole within a rabbit hole. I know, dude. Just, this is what happens when you drink and try to talk about music, but yeah, man. Kiss off. That was the song I was trying to Damn. think of. That was a great fucking Violent Femmes song too. That was actually the song that got me into the Violent Femmes for a while and then and then uh, I heard Blister in the Sun. I was like, god, that song is really fucking stupid. But then I realized years later, like, oh, my God, that's, like, their most well-known song. And I didn't realize it when I got into them. Somehow, like, I just never got – I never realized there was any kind of pop appeal to them. Maybe it just – maybe it came later or something.
0: Oh, there's another fucking one from the Crow soundtrack, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. Big Empty. Like, that's actually a – that's an original song, hit. but all these other ones were like covers and shit. Because I think the Nine Inch Nails one I found out later was a cover. Oh, the Dead Souls, yeah. Yeah, it was like something yeah. like and Joy Division or something,
1: or fucking Rollins' band was on there. Some yeah, song they called were. Ghost yeah. Rider. Yeah, I forgot Rollins' band was on there. Henry Rollins is so fucking cool. Like, I kind of want him on the fuck. Like, I yeah, you
0: should, I mean, should just Henry hit him, up.
1: motherfucker. Yeah, let's <laughs> be like, hey. What do you think about and just throw one topic out there and let them go for an hour? I wouldn't yeah. have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, really. Which is good because I don't, I don't feel like I You'd know. You start what, doing spoken words. I don't feel so. like I know what the fuck I'm doing when I'm doing the interviews anyhow. to be If I'm being honest, I'm just talking to people that I think it's cool yeah. to talk to. And then I realize like, oh, fuck, I should probably be good at this. mm. I'm probably not. But yeah, but sometimes you just got
0: to go with it. Yeah, well, that's I all
1: I try to do. I mean, I don't put any pressure on myself. Mm. I feel like most of these people probably walk away from it going, "That guy sucked." You know. Mm. But then I had like Chris Holmes who like I I had to cut him off kind of like he wanted to keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> and it was kind of like, "Man, I'm really excited to do this." Like I was so fucking excited to do it. It was the first like Zoom one I did too where there was a video and stuff, but he didn't want me to record it, but he mm. wanted to do it that way, but Um, and I'm such a big fan. It was such a trip. I was so fucking weirded out.
0: Yeah, because you were like, who can say their Zoom call? My first Zoom meeting was with Chris Holmes. Usually, it's like their boss or something. Yeah, I mean, Mm. I've had
1: those, but not. It wasn't Zoom technically. We used Mm. a different. Yeah, but anyhow, that was a trip, man. And I was really excited to do that. But yeah, we're like an hour in, and I'm like, well, I don't mean to keep you because, like, most people don't want to talk, don't seem like they want to talk that long. So I'm used to trying to wrap it up in a quick amount of time. And the other unique thing about the Chris Holmes thing was I had to submit the questions. It was the first time I ever actually had to write questions out. I've never written a fucking thing down before talking to any of these people. But his wife, who's his manager, had asked me to submit the questions beforehand. Oh, she didn't want you to say anything about Blackie, she maybe? She didn't, she or didn't like, want me, as she specifically told me that she didn't want me asking any questions about wasp. their relationship, yeah. Blackie and Chris, and no political questions, John, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to talk about that shit on here anyhow, but... Yeah, you're only talking about music. Yeah, so. but, you know, I thought, well, God, how strict are they going to be about this? Because surely... Like I wanted to ask him what his favorite Wasp album was and stuff. And so I just kind of was like, okay, whatever. And I typed up some questions and it kind of fucked me up because then I had an agenda Yeah. and I sent it to her to approve it. And she was like, yeah, that's fine or whatever. And then, so I thought going into it, I was supposed to just stick to that. So that was my mindset the whole time. And then afterwards it was like, whoa, is that all you want to ask me? And it's like, I don't know. Fuck! I've never gone into these things with any kind of plan, like, and script or anything. Like, I might have shit planned in my head, kind of. But, but because I wrote it all out and I actually had like a written agenda, it fucked me up to where it was like, when it was when I was done, I didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. I thought I was supposed to be done. And then he's almost put me on the spot, like, was well, that it? And I'm like, fuck! I don't know. Should it be? I. Don't you want to go eat dinner? It's, you know, but uh, it was uh that was a very enjoyable not to go on a totally <laughs> <laughs> another fucking rant, fun. but this is going to be the longest episode ever, but no, well, I think the Denny one was still the longest one. Right? <laughs> was, the Christmas Eve or the New yeah. Year's Eve thing or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, I think we that was too many songs and too many albums. Yeah. To fucking talk about because we did the year,
0: the decade, and then songs,
1: and it's like 20, 30 some. If we do that about. again, we have to just allow time for all these rabbit holes yeah. and rants, and you got to say like, okay,
0: albums only, or something.
1: Yeah, or just like you pick one album, you pick one album, you pick one song, you pick one song, and we'll just fucking talk shit mm-hmm. in between all that. So
0: you've got of, two I've left. Only got I've two got left. one
1: left. Do we?
0: Yeah, I've only got one left because of Guns N' Roses. We We didn't mention it. Hit that one. Mm. didn't mention it. Well, I've already got Guns N' Roses on my list. All
1: right. Side note. I, if you... So Andy's number two would be Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, which we already talked about. So I'm going to get... I'm going to talk about this one, my number two. And then for some reason, I have a feeling that our number ones are the same. Really? Oh shit! I didn't see it. I swear to God, I didn't even look. Swear to God, I didn't realize you had it sitting there. Oh, yeah. So I promise. Yeah, sorry, he's the page. Oh well. Hey, look. I promise, Scout's honor. Uh, hmm. I did not see it. I well, wasn't it one of those. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. I don't want to look. I don't. Come right. on. I don't want to ruin it. Come on. Right. I'm... I seriously did not right. see the piece of paper. So if you had it sitting there face up this whole time, yeah, I, fuck, I, did. I didn't. I did not notice. But I have a feeling that our number one's probably the same. And honestly, like... And, and we didn't rank them, but I had a feeling that this was at least going to be one that we had in common. But my number two, which I was pretty sure you wouldn't have, and now I know you don't, is New York Dolls, self-titled. I
0: thought you might have had that, cause even because the Guns N' Roses spaghetti incident.
1: but Yeah, well, and like, yeah. I mean, so this is a band that... Uh, anybody that knows Motley Crue knows that it was a huge Nikki Six influence, right? Like, I mean, Nicky Six basically molded himself into looking like Johnny Thunders, and so mm-hmm. there was all these years of being a big Motley Crue fan and people telling me, like, "Oh, you gotta listen to the Dolls. You gotta listen to the Dolls." Ah, uh, you know, and even you know, being a Nicky Six fan and reading stuff, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, I need to listen to The Dolls. And I'll be honest, and listening to The uh, Spaghetti Incident, having a song on there, you know, I... For some reason, the first couple times I gave The Dolls a chance, I was not hook, line, and sinker. Sold, you know? Like, I'd love to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, first time I ever heard them. That was all she wrote. The rest is history. Well, it wasn't. Like, I mean... I heard him and I was like, Yeah, okay. I guess I see the influence, but I don't know. And then I don't know what it was, but you know, there just was that one moment where I listened to him again and it just all fucking made sense. And then I remember buying it was like the cartoon light bulb. Boom. Yeah. And then I remember I you know, I had like I think I bought like a hits compilation of some kind and listened to it and was like, God, this fucking shit's really great. And then I bought the debut album on vinyl and this, I mean, I've probably owned this on vinyl for 15 years or so back when I was first getting into vinyl, it was getting serious about collecting and whatnot. And it was like one of the first things that I bought a new 180 gram, you know, repressing of, and uh, I think it made me love them even more because, I mean, having, like, a hits compilation was great. The first two albums are fucking great, both of them, solid as fuck. But, you know, something about buying it on vinyl, putting it on the turd table, listening to just that record within mm-hmm. the context of the album that made it that much better. And then I just, man, I got so fucking into them to where... And then that was around the time uh, that New York Doll, the Arthur Kane documentary... Came out and I watched that like a million times. And there was the, uh, there was another one that was all this like footage from back in the day. I can't remember what the fuck it was called now, but, um, I bought that on DVD and watched the fuck out of it too. And, you know, I just, man, I, I dove into these fuckers head first, like, back in my early 20s. And I don't know. Like, it just still is one of my favorite fucking albums of all time not just one of my favorite debut albums but Mm. you know i just i think trash is like one of the most overlooked like that's such a genius pop song and it's like just the weird like i can hear it in my head and i can't even describe it right but there's like a weird backing vocal it's almost like this weird harmony thing i don't even know if it is a harmony Mm. if i was to break it down i don't know what it is right but in the hook, you know, trash, dun, 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 you know, I, it's just, man, this is like punk rock, but also like the origin of glam, yeah. you know, and it was a bunch of fucking dudes. Like some of these guys, like Arthur Kane was a fucking giant he was dressed <laughs> in drag. You know what I mean? He's like yeah. this like six foot four, however tall he was. He was a big motherfucker. And not at all built like a woman. And he just comes out like total <laughs> crossroad. They, they just look like these fucking drugged out hookers that would be hanging out in like a shitty rundown casino somewhere. You know, <laughs> it's just like almost disgusting, but great all at the same time. And then the album cover even is like this iconic thing that i don't know man like it's so it's so fucked up and great man like some things are just really i don't know these were the days when things isn't it like the new york dolls almost looks like it's written yeah it's written in lipstick and it's got the lipstick thing yeah Yeah. i yeah i mean these are great songs personality Mm. crisis is you know every time i drop the needle that first song i'm just. Fuck, that's a great song. Like, every time I listen to this album, I think, like, shit, I should pick one and have my band cover it, you know what I mean? But then, like, I don't think anyone in my band's even into this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it just would be lost on them. But, um, yeah, I'm sitting here, like, you know, I had to pull up the track listing because I'm just looking at it and thinking, like, God, this is so fucking good, dude. Like, I'm just hearing Jet Boy in the back of my mind right now and even like Private World has that it's kind of like the slower mid-tempo kind of pop rocker. Everything on this fucking album is just so catchy. It's so good. Yeah. And we're never... I just it makes me sad sometimes when I listen to albums that are like this because I feel like I'm never going to discover something like this again.
0: Cuz that was not even like the precursor to glam, it was a
1: precursor to like punk rock too, right? Yeah, I mean punk was it barely was like, a thing and yeah. I know, it's just so weird. Like this album is so fucking weird when you think of where it falls. It was like 1973.
0: Yeah, cuz I listened to it too and I'm like what is what am I even listening to?
1: Yeah. I It's really a very this is originality, like, in yeah. its purest form, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm just a babbling fucking idiot, probably. No, because I'm not going to tell you, like... I probably am, because I'm sitting here drinking and trying to form a fucking thought, but, you know. I, mean, <laughs> so I, listened, just... I
0: think I only listened to it because of the Rolling Stones greatest hits. Or not greatest hits, but the Rolling Stones 500 albums list. Oh, yeah. And it's on there, and honestly, I only knew of the uh, New York Dolls because of Buster Poindexter, that David Johansson. Oh, yeah. So that's like totally fucking two. The cab polar, driver
1: and. Polar opposites, <laughs>
0: yeah. The cab driver from the Bill Murray Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge. And I'm like, this is him in like basically a punk band? Yeah. A punk band? That's what's so glamour- funny is like,
1: yeah. It's I... like. Obviously, I'm too young to sit there and pretend that I knew New yeah. York Dolls before that. But I didn't realize it was the same guy until yeah. I got into the New York Dolls. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, motherfucker, that's the same dude. Yeah. It just blows your mind like, it's like son of a bitch, what that's am that I hot, hot, to? hot guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, man, it's so crazy because I always thought like, man, I thought Nikki Six was just, like, the coolest fucking rocker, you know, the coolest looking, like, he was the epitome of a rock star, look-wise, and then you realize that he stole, like, 90% of his look from Johnny Thunders, and then you watch the old Johnny Mm -hmm. Thunders footage, and you're like, man, I don't know, like, Johnny Thunders might be actually the coolest motherfucker. Like, when he was in his prime before he got all drugged out and everything, but, you know, and even the early, like, Heartbreaker yeah. stuff, like the Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers records and stuff, I mean, there was some really good stuff there too, but, you watch those old videos, man, of him with a, you know, fucking Les Paul Jr., yeah. fucking big ass hair, like, he was like, I mean, that's like the earliest footage I remember seeing of, you know, I shouldn't say remember, because I wasn't there, 1973 I wasn't here yet but you get my point like some of the oldest footage I've seen of like big fucking huge teased up hair like I think he might have I might be wrong but I feel like he invented that whole fucking thing you know and at the end of the day they just were trying to look like these crazy drugged out transvestites yeah. <laughs> so that's where it came from right
0: yeah uh, cause even like I looked it up but like um, I don't know if you're familiar with Hollywood vampires it mm-hmm. was like up. Uh, Like Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry tried to do like a group where they're doing covers. They did a Johnny Thunders cover, like you can't put your arm around a memory. So they covered that too. So it all goes back to New York Dolls. All these people are still going back to that. So it all starts somewhere. And
1: yeah, and Duff covered that on Spaghetti Incident. Yeah, that was on there as well. Yeah, I kind of forgot because I think you know that human being song or whatever was on uh, fuck spaghetti incident.
0: Yeah,
1: I think was it. I don't know.
0: I don't know. All I know from spaghetti incident <laughs> is <just> hair <laughs> of the dog. That, I'm just rambling. You know that what? That was dude, Nazareth.
1: I, that was a great. That was a great cover, man. That was a unappreciated. I think
0: that was on the radio too. That was a radio hit for them. Was it from that? I think that's I why might I might
1: remember here. Yeah, I think I did. I think Rock One Hundred Six played it for a very short period of time. The first hit, or maybe was, it wasn't a hit, but
0: it, Rock One Hundred Six, they seemed like they played stuff that wasn't a hit anywhere else. Because we talked to like um, Damon Johnson, and it's like Rock One Hundred Six ran with like Brother Kane, but it, it was like if you were in LA, you we, like who be like, who's Brother Kane? But it's like, Midwest, it's like, shit, we like shit, but I don't know.
1: Fuck yeah. Man, I feel like this, is, man, it's late. Like, I just looked down at my phone at this list, hmm. and I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, motherfucker, we're really rambling on here. Yeah. ramble on!
0: Sorry, man, it's this no, blind I don't carry. Care.
1: I just remembered for a second that you usually hang out with your grandma on Sunday, so... I hmm. wanted to make sure you were still going to make it over there.
0: Well, she just lives down the street.
1: Kind of. Oh, well, you're good. Oh. She might go to bed early.
0: You've got Look, I go one more, more left, and I've got one more left. You early. have
1: one more left, and I have one more left. But
0: you think they're the same, I but I don't think they're the same. You I don't. I don't think they're the same.
1: I'm looking at yours, and I can't read it because I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's going to go first? Because I did just say mine. What? Should we go out of order? No. I mean, I just just said my last one. And I know that technically... Led Zeppelin? No. No, I mean, I just said the... I just said New York Dolls. And I Um, know your number two is Guns N' Roses. So should you go and say your one, and then I'll say mine? I'll go. I'll go. I'll
0: go. Okay. Okay. My number... One, which isn't really my number one. He's eating cookies, by the way. That's why it sounds like he's eating cookies because he's eating (laughs) cookies while we're doing this. I'm trying to get myself reined in by eating cookies. So my last one, not my number one, but my last one.
1: Yeah. The last in line.
0: It's not the last in line because it's a (laughs) sophomore album.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, that's not
0: a But (laughs) Sorry, it's these damn cookies and the beer. Sugar buzz. Beer
1: buzz.
0: This is one album I didn't even want to listen to. And, like, nobody can see it, but my eyes are big. It's like, this is one album I didn't want to like because it's the first Iron Maiden album, and it doesn't have Bruce Dickinson on it. And so... I didn't think of that one. When I got into Iron (laughs) Maiden, I got into them later. Like, I didn't get Uh, into them until 2009. And and Cade from the radio station, 105.7 The X that I worked with, her boyfriend got me into Iron Maiden and copied all of their albums for me and gave me every out, every Iron Maiden album up through, what was it? Um, A Matter of Life and Death. So through 2007, and it was 2009 when he gave me all these CDs. And I knew that the first two albums didn't have Bruce Dickinson. And I'm like, well, why do I want to listen to Iron Maiden without Bruce Dickinson? Because he's got the operatic vocals and shit and it's like fucking like fucking power metal and shit why do i want to listen to something else so finally i went back and listened to the first two albums and i was like holy shit this is kind of cool it's kind of like how we were talking about new york dolls it's not really glam rock but it's not really punk rock with the first iron maiden album it isn't really metal but it's not really punk rock it's like some weird merger of like both
1: i'm with yeah yeah like it's i'm gonna be honest with you my favorite iron maiden album is killers yeah like i've had the argument it's kind of the same style too not a big dickinson fan like Mm. i mean i'm not a huge iron maiden fan
0: yeah because i think we said before or i threw it out there you're more judas priest i'm more iron maiden when it comes to metal that's where we kind of split
1: right and i like them it's not that i don't like them yeah But, yeah, dude, I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Those first couple albums, first three are my favorite. Even, Mm -hmm. like, I like, uh, you know, Number of the Beast, but that's, I mean, there's other Bruce Dickinson albums that I like, too, but.
0: Yeah, so it's like when I finally went back to that first album and finally was like, all right, I'll listen to it. I'm like, holy shit. This has, like, Running Free on there without that do 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 that, that, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that drum beat thing, and it's not, like, metal. That's where I thought, I'm like, oh, this is more like punk rock
1: yeah. and stuff. Nah, dude, I'm great. not saying
0: this is my favorite Iron Maiden album either, because it's not. But yeah. it's, like, the Queen thing, where it's, like, this, you had to have this to get to the other stuff. You had to have a foundation or something to get to that. And it's, like, I don't even think the first album had, art, um... Um, what's his name, Adrian Smith, he wasn't even on the first album either. So it was like they were missing two of those uh, pieces that would get to Number of the Beast. Yeah. And then they took off. But it's still like, I don't know. Like I think it more came on my radar because Metallica covered um, Remember Tomorrow for something, and they put it on Hardwired uh, to Self-Destruct as a bonus track. Oh. So that's when I was like, well, fuck, maybe I should give this a second chance. If is even covering something from the first album, then maybe I should go back and give it more of a look. And I'm like, yeah, like, remember tomorrow, that song structure is kind of later Iron Maiden, where it's kind of that little operatic yeah. thing, and there's those, like, changes in the song. I don't know, but that first Iron Maiden one's cool. I, was, I can't argue with it. I was also going to say this too. Sorry Bob Long, I didn't have the first Montrose album that came across my head, but I don't have I was trying to list albums I have attachments to or something. And I don't really have an attachment to the first Montrose album.
1: So I'm trying to do things I'm like attached to. I'm not apologizing to Bob. Oh. I don't, well, I have, I the, I don't have the Montrose album on here either, so oh. tough fucking shit. Oh, okay. Well, it is a
0: good album, though. <laughs>
1: no, it's Because it's good. got rock candy and stuff on there. It's solid. Yeah, it's
0: solid, but it's not like the cusp.
1: And the, the two, top. I mean, yeah. The I mean, cream I mean, of the crop. The first two Iron Maiden albums are too Yeah, because like my you said, even thing.
0: Killers, that's got Child on it. Yeah, no, Killers is
1: my favorite. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know. I. It's fucking cool shit.
1: I'm mm-hmm. more of a fan of that than the operatic tickets and stuff to be to be honest with you it's not that i don't like it it's just that you know i i feel like i got to be in the mood for that stuff and whereas the first couple albums i just maybe always in the mood for it you know
0: true because like you're saying once they got once they got to a certain point they're just making the same album again too it's like i don't
1: know once they got past seventh
0: uh son then everything kind of runs together
1: yeah yeah that's probably about the last thing you need
0: yeah, maybe Fear of the Dark. I kind of like that too. That's got some stuff. Cause it's got I like Fear of the it, Dark. But on the yeah, but as far it, as complete. Anyways, novel. that's all I have to say about Iron Man. So you, sir, what did you think I would have? My
1: number. Well, it's not my number one, but my last pick of these seven. I honestly, really, really fucking thought you would have it on there.
0: Um. Well, then should I try to guess first? Go for it. Uh, kill them all. No. Uh, the first Megadeth. No. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know then.
1: I'll be honest with you. Like, I... Yeah, I don't know. Like, if I was going to do sophomore albums... You can have more of those. I'm just putting oh, no, them there done, to get man. it out of the way. But if I was going to do, like, sophomore albums, I think Ride of the Lightning might... Yeah, fuck yeah, That dude. would probably be on there, yeah. But I don't know that... And I really like Kill em All, but that wouldn't quite make the cut. And I love Killing It's My Business, but... I feel like if I was going to do third albums, <laughs> obviously so far so good, so what would be on there? Well, so, what's
0: something that you would think that I would have that you would have?
1: I know that you tend to lean towards weird albums, so maybe that's why this one got overlooked, but for me,
0: it's um, an
1: obvious pick the debut Kiss album.
0: Oh, well, that's the one I wrote down.
1: You did. You guessed yeah. it. You guessed it. I'm I just, knew you'd have it. I'm just saying, like. I really thought you would possibly have it.
0: Yeah, but remember when I ranked those albums? It wasn't. It was like my fourth or yeah, fifth. Yeah, I know you like had the and you at Jason two or and Jason and everybody stupid. was giving me so much shit. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I had like I think I had Revenge at number one.
1: Yeah, or something
0: Revenge and Creatures.
1: Well, Creatures, man. I mean, that's.
0: See, I think Top it might. I think the first one me. might be my number Easily. four or five because I put "Hotter Than Hell" above that too, which would be another sophomore album. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just such a great album, dude. It is Black Diamond?
1: Yeah, I mean, Black Diamond and like Strutter, nothing to lose. Yeah, Cold Gin. I mean, you got to remember that yeah. Kissin' Time" wasn't originally on there. Yeah and I really Firehouse. wish I had a copy that didn't get have Kiss in Time. House. Yeah, 100,000 years. Dude, 100,000 years, yeah. I mean, that's an epic fucking map.
0: Get up you know. and get your grandma out of here. not <laughs> Deuce.
1: I can't. I just feel like every time I go back and listen to Kiss, like if I'm... Not that I don't do it that often, it's just... You know, these are my go-tos, right? Like... It's gonna be the debut album, "Creatures of the Night," "Rock and Roll Over." Mm-hmm. Those are probably my top three. "Destroyers" right up there with it, you know. And uh,
0: hotter than hell. I'm trying to think what might
1: hotter than hell might be number five. Yeah,
0: mm. that might be. The elder.
1: That's definitely not there. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> no, dynasty. <laughs> I'm really shocked that, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I expected that one. I expected us to maybe cross paths on that one. But I guess we had uh The
0: only one we actually we had actually was Guns N' Roses. Yeah.
1: You didn't even have Van Halen. I thought you, for sure you might have Van Halen. I thought about it, but this is tough, man. This yeah. is, you know, in a world full of so many great bands and so many debut albums, like, yeah. I don't know. I, How do you take it down to seven, you know? Yeah. So I find it funny. I look at your, your guesses and like, yeah, Wasp. I had one, Men, two, three, Wasp four. Is a great, I had four. Wasp is a great, that's a great debut dude, album. Dude, that is, dude. I mean, I mean, The Flame, I still think, is like one of the most underappreciated. Like, that's just, it's like a fucking anthem. How is that not, you know, a hit? Yeah. You know. Deftones, that's an interesting pick.
0: I think I put that only because I knew you were a fan. So I, I do like, love the Deftones. what. What
1: would he have? And I do love that album. I'm trying to think. You know, it's really weird because I feel like Diamond Eyes is probably that's probably my favorite. Deftones you said album. that, yeah. I mean,
0: like I, the one with Denny, where that was like your favorite one of the decade. So it's it got was to be, one of them, yeah. I mean, there, and
1: that's really one of my. That's probably my favorite Deftones album. I, I would yeah. say that's probably. Yeah, not even probably. That's my favorite Deftones album. And then I would probably have to say I feel like I just said probably a lot. Yeah.
0: Probably in like a
1: thirty second time span. Mm. I feel like I said probably Sorry, sixty times. This. Tom Petty, good guess because actually I I thought about that one that almost made the list. So. Hmm. Well, this was a fun Yeah, episode. but the
0: first Kiss album though, dude. 100,000 Years is a good
1: That's, that's in epic. my top 10 yeah. Kiss songs. That and Black Diamond Alone are like yeah. two of the most epic fucking masterpieces. Because those two
0: don't sound like anything else on the album either. Yeah, and they almost don't like, sound they like They sound like metal else, with like yeah, a Peter Chris singing. And they and almost stuff don't on there.
1: really sound like anything else Kiss has ever done. Like I don't yeah. know You know, I feel like they never matched that again. Like, they never quite... They did other things. Other things that were great. Other great achievements. But that, you know, I don't know. Those two songs alone, I feel like they peaked. Yeah. As songwriters. Arrangers. Not... Yeah, but honestly, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't like Firehouse that much. You know what? It's not a huge... That's probably my least favorite on that album. Other than... Like I said, like Kissing Time. And those don't count. Those really aren't Our part of Our love the theme from Kiss. Yeah, those aren't. <laughs> those are not really part of that record. Yeah. They need to fucking, goddamn. they need to do the reissues. you
0: have a deuce and in though too. They're
1: pretty, but those are, yeah, those are anthems. Strutter. Rockers. Strutter. How the fuck do you not like Strutter? Great song.
0: Well, I like Strutter 78 more. I'm a, I'm that guy. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. You <laughs> might
1: It doesn't suck. Have like the high, the like hi hat thing or something, like, yeah. No, that was fun. Well, speaking of fun, it's been a fun episode, but I feel like it's been a long as fuck episode, yeah. Um, and it's probably time for me to shut myself up. And
0: when did we even start this? I don't, I don't know. even
1: know, one something, and it's like eight o'clock at night. Now. I feel like I we started <laughs> it yesterday, <laughs> it's, it's uh, we're over two hours, I'm pretty confident in that. So... It's been fun. Dude, but good list, man. That was some I cool feel like shit, it was man. was fun, yeah. I don't think people are gonna get bored listening. I'm glad to it, really. we surprised each other
0: too, because it's always better when we do that instead of having the same exact thing.
1: Yeah. It's like I Oh, know. I agree. I think it was I, I've I'm like excited to do the sophomore thing now. Like I want to do a sophomore record list, you know. And I didn't
0: piss you off by having breaking Benjamin's number one. Yeah, thank God.
1: Thank Christ. With polyamorous on there.
0: <laughs> My polyamorous
1: friend. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that album. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate that fucking band. So thank mm-hmm. you for not having it on there. You're welcome. Thanks for doing this episode with me. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for the Blind you. Fury beer. It's been real. and been furious. I'm going to cut this off because we're probably at the two and three quarters of an hour mark. So thanks for listening. All right, until next time.